This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast. Yo, yo, as we get started, we want to thank our title sponsor, Scraping the Coast. You can visit scrapingthecoast.com for more information. Their next event, 22nd Annual, is going to be the last weekend in June. They haven't yet announced it for 2024, but rest assured, we will be out there. One of the biggest, baddest shows in the country. Get ready for more information coming soon on Scraping the Coast. Tap on the hashtag Scraping the Coast for more information. We appreciate the continued support of Custom Car Show Productions. I just finished up, and I am heading home. From the club? Uh, well, no, I was at the Dollar Track today. Um, the club was, uh, what shit, I don't even know what day it is. What's today today? Today's, what, Wednesday? Dude, you dovetailed the gallivant right from freaking weekend right into partying, like Wednesday, Thursday. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Okay, yeah. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, Monday. Monday went. We, we, we were at the club. Um, uh, <laughs> today. Today we were at the dog track. <laughs> I love it, dude. And yeah, and you know we we bet on lucky uh, lucky number seven and lucky number seven got us, and so we went and bought a whole bunch of scratchers. So now I'm actually on my way home to scratch all the scratchers. <laughs> oh so. man. I even got a free pack of Camel Joes. So Camel Joes and Miz or his O's. Well, the best part about it is, is the um, the Sig machine one. It, the, the Camel Joe pack was like hanging right there on the right on the very edge, and I just <laughs> nudged it, nudged it, boom, fell down, and I got me a free pack of Camel Joes. Dude, I love it, man. And once I got that free pack of Camel Joes, dude, all the hose came out of the woodworks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so life is good, man. Life is good. I can't complain. Yo, 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 yo. It's ODB from OLP. And we got Miggity Mike Murray in the his house. Mike, is it going down? Did I hear you coughing over there? Bro, I was coughing up. I just got done finishing my second uh, uh, Camel Joe out of the free pack of uh, Camel Joes that I got out of the out of the SIG machine. Dude, legendary, bro. Listen, we got to thank Scraping the Coast. Uh, Scraping the Coast, you heard at the top. Their next event is going to be next June. There's going to be more information coming. Scraping with an IN, thecoast.com. Join us in Biloxi. Mike, speaking of Biloxi, we are going to talk about Biloxi in a few minutes, but I think you cut out there a second. What are you talking about? The, the, the free, you know, sometimes, you know, you get a free soda, you got a free pack, it sounded like. Bro, I was at the casino. And, uh, you know, because I just got back from the freaking weekend, and, man, right, right. what a great fucking weekend that was. And they had the SIG machine down in the casino. Bro, I walked over, not, nodged, nudged it a little bit, and, Boom. dude, the free Camel Joe fell to the bottom. Dude, that's, that's like hitting – let's be honest. That's like hitting a lotto, man. That was like a ringer. Bro, I, dude, it was it was like once in a lifetime. Never gotten my free pack of Camel Joes before. And, dude, once I started smoking up on that Camel Joe – all the hoes were coming out of the woodworks, bro. 
hey, I grew up, my family loved playing some horseshoes. We got to see maybe, I mean, I know there's not a lot of dirt at Eastbound Get Down, but man. Dude, if, we got to bring horseshoes back, bro. I, I agree, dude, because I can get, you know, some of you guys can take me out with a cornhole corn toss deal. But I'm telling you, man, I'll, I'll come at you with a leaner and a ringer on the horseshoe deals. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I believe it. I'm 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 sure ODB is down with the horseshoes. Yeah, the horseshoes, man. Uh, again, scraping the coast. Can't thank them enough for the continued support, Mike. On this episode, we got Dan G. I'm going to make sure I uh, say his name correct a little bit later. But Dan G, old school negative camber member, built uh, several trucks he's he's owned, and uh, he, including the 10th anniversary, really we'll talk about. It, it was really a cover truck. Tulo Taco. So he's going to be on. And then, Mike, what we're going to do is after that, we're going to run the audio. I'm going to call Ruben Artiaga the book up because he remembers being on site that day when the shoot went down. And, and Mike, that just shows you, man. Ruben Artiaga, there is the seven degrees of R.A. Ruben. Bro, dude, the roots are so deep with the book. It is absolutely amazing. What hasn't this guy seen or done in this scene of ours exactly dude he's been gallivanting with hank for a couple weeks and he said the few things he hadn't seen now he has because you know when you're with hank you kind of see it all oh dude well you think and sometimes you see what you think you see <laughs> but you really don't see it you know that's dude. just like i could have i could have dude we were all hanging out at the pool party at the harris for the freaking weekend and we looked up in the casino and we looked up in the rooms and in the window, I swear to God, it looked like Hank up there in the window, you know, <laughs> passed out in the fucking window, just looking down, looking. watching us as we're down there in the pool, man. Yeah, scoping out the, you know, the landscape, you know. Oh, yeah. He was, he, he said he was going to be a judge of the bikini contest, but unfortunately they locked him in the room. So he just, he just got the view from the room. That's all he got. I like it. The overview of this episode brought to you by our family at Hamburg Weekend Wear. Visit H-A-M-M-E-R-D, WeekendWear.com. Uh, there's going to be more information coming for their T-shirt subscriptions and other subscriptions where you get all of the designs for 2024. But for now, they've got a new landing page on their website. They're doing some great things. they got the Freestyle and OBS, the, the Bride, Blazer, and so much more hammered weekend wear. Mike, the general updates before – I know when we get to the scene updates, we're going to talk a little bit about – you and I, we got three tick marks in our OLP binders. If you know, if if we're still updating those, but um, I want to say this: I I kind of generally speaking, this past weekend when I gallivanted down south, I stayed with the big homie Tom Bennett and his family, so I can't thank him enough. But on the way home that Sunday afternoon, I had to kind of listen to my pack take a come from behind loss from ATL and you know of course Kirk the big homie now Orlando Lakey and you know he's got to rub it in via text that you know the them them Hawks you know what are they called the Falcons the Falcons you Falcons. know they come from behind so it kind of sucked man because you know the first game Jordan Love was looking pretty good uh now you know they're one and one they're still tied for the division lead but we'll have to see how good the season's gonna be man well all I know is is DJ Mays made it very very clear that when any of his favorite podcasts start talking football, mm. he just pushes that fast forward button. So we we totally lose DJ Mays when we start talking football. Well, he so, won't. Then he the won't next- hear us. You know, talk about how awesome the Twitch is, and you know, we would 
suggest that everyone downloads Twitch and then just search like DJ Maze Radio because the sets that he's doing are, are pretty good, but he won't hear any of that. Yeah, no, no, he he won't hear none of that. But guys, make sure you're tuning in and checking out and listening and to and just you don't want to miss our boy DJ Maze. It's free. DJ Maze Radio. It's fucking free and it's awesome. Yeah, it is. The other update I wanted to mention is iOS 17 is out, and for the first time in years, like I wasn't even really, I don't want to say not excited, but I, you know, I kind of followed some of the updates. But if you've got an iPhone that's supporting the latest update, go ahead and update it, Mike. I'm gonna have to show you, you know, how to do. You can do the custom stickers now. I'm gonna, you know, I've got some stickers ready to, to kind of flip over to you, kind of EBGD stickers that you can send like in text. You know, because you you like EB, what's it called? Um, East East uh, EBGD. Yeah, you you got your own name for it, but it's called Eastbound Get Down going, and it's happening January twelfth through the fourteenth. Okay. You might want to keep that keep in keep that in mind, ODE, because you've already pre registered for it. You're going to be parked up underneath the pavilion, and you might even be bringing out a surprise. I don't. I don't know, know for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't man. know for sure. But I think it'd be pretty cool if, you know, there was these two legendary mini trucks parked next to each other under the pavilion at Eastbound Get Down, January 12th through the 14th. Pre-registration is open for vehicles, for vendors, sponsorships, whatever you need. Hit us up at eastboundgetdownshow.com. Dude, wait till you see the Mazda. I got so many points coming at you. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to know who's judging my truck at this show, dude. Because I'm gonna be standing up there trying. You know what I mean? I want to get. Well, you know, you know them all really well. Um, our oh, boy, boy Rob Seeley is one of the judges. Another one of our guys, Mister Boone, is one of the judges. And can't forget our boy Dizzy. Dizzy, Dizzy, Dizzy is another one Don of our Dizzy judges. Dizzy Davis, the guy that's doing all the artwork, little social media deals. Uh, you got to hit him that's up through social media to get those, right? Dizzy Designs, baby. That's good stuff, man. Well, the I mean, the guys, if you haven't updated to iOS 17, check out some of the stickers. There's there's some more cool things you can do. I'll probably talk about them more next episode. But the general update is brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown. Every year, it's oh, going yeah. down in Conroe, Texas. Ain't that right, Mike? Lone Star Throwdown. .com. Mike, you Bro. know, they, they always try to say, hey, but it's sold out. I go, no. You gallivant right through the front. You don't even bring a ride. You don't need to, man. There's so much stuff there, Mike. Let's be honest. Like, if, if any of us brought a ride there, we're not going to even do very well because all the best rides in the dang country are there, right? So I just want to go there and spectate and just watch in awe of the awesomeness. LoneStarThrowdown.com. Ain't that right, Mike? Well, hey, when you are there, make sure you stop by the OLP booth and uh, pick up some of our merch because uh, we definitely appreciate those that support OLP. Yeah, because if last year, you know, we were coasting, dude. We what you had told me that you basically the 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 truck was sputtering out in Naples, and you pretty much just barely got home. So you know, we our goal is if we can just make enough to to put a little fuel in the vehicle, we're we're happy. You know what I'm saying? sputtering out oh yeah oh yeah so mike i got one question for you as we move through this episode are you ready now it's time to get serious man i am always ready to get that answer wrong dude this one's gonna be an easy slash hard because you got a two-pointer option here 
You can get one point or you can get two points. It's that simple, and it's an easy question. I know one of these you're going to get. If you don't, then you're really slipping. But all you have to do is think of Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Remember the old school kind of awesome network that some of us had? My parents had cable. I don't know how in Lando Lakes. But name one or two shows on Nickelodeon that featured slime of some sort. Well, I do remember Double Dare. Boom, ding, 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 right? Because for those that may be new listeners, you actually were picked to be on Double Dare one time. Yes, I was, actually. And uh, that happened at Universal Studios here in Orlando. And uh, it was pretty fucking awesome. So awesome. But do, you but remember the re- do you remember the rest of that story? Something about the power. The power went out, and we had to be um, um, evacuated out of the building. It's so I never got to go on. Insane. Insane in the membrane. Dude, I loved that show. As a kid, I loved watching until the end because the I loved the last little uh, obstacle course, but I also loved like all the stuff they gave away. I was like, man, they're getting trips. They're getting like the new Nintendos. I mean, dude, I was just I, I was glued to it. So that's one. Now the other one's a little tougher. The other one there is there was another show on there that some of the, the, the you know the kin folk out there they're going to be slamming the dashboard. I mean, I know Joey Whitby. You know he's he's probably out there slamming on the dashboard. There's one more. That actually started in 79. It was a five-season comedy, real dark, kind of weird comedy, uh, different sketches that was on Nickelodeon. But do you happen to know? Because, I mean, you could get two points if you knew that one. Well, check this out. Remember, they had family They had family double dare, oh, and then they just on. had double dare. Bro, so there, there's your two right there, dog. Well, dude, I... Man, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to give it to you, man. Because, you know, because sometimes I get typecasted as being kind of mean during this segment. So, Mike, you know what? I'm going to throw you a bone and give you the two deals. Well, hey, I appreciate that. But back in 1979, no, I do not know what that one was. It was a weird show, and I watched it as a kid, like circa 84, 85. It was called You Can't Do That on television. And it was weird. If you guys look it up, some of you guys are going to remember it was a Canadian sketch comedy it first aired locally, but then it ended up getting picked up, I think, by Nickelodeon. And it's kind of a weird show, but it's kind of late 70s, early 80s weirdness, I guess. But they had uh, slime. Yeah. They would pour slime from above the camera shot, and then people would just get you know slime all over them. Okay. Well, I do not remember that show at all. So I was, never, I was not going to get that one. Trivia with Mike Murray is brought to you by The Spark Show. Every August in Sevierville, Tennessee, thesparkshow.com just celebrated the 10th annual uh, event. They were a prior OLP show of the year. Check them out. Hopefully, you guys can gallivant out. You know if Phil Fowler saw the photos and said, yo, I'm adding that to my list in 2024, that's that's the only blessing you need to go, you know what? I think I need to plan to go out to it, thesparkshow.com. Because I tell you what, Spark Show in 2023 definitely did not disappoint, man. If we had a fucking fabulous time in Sevierville, Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Gatlinburg, it's all right there, and we had a freaking blast. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, the next we got ODB or Mike Murray live and uncut because, I mean, Mike's dropped some jewels on you guys, some gems. But this one just popped up in my feed today, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because it's a little bit – it's 
it, it's nothing that, you know, necessarily was somebody from our scene, but I will say this, you know, we continue to see that message that Lone Star Throwdown had came up with and they had blessed and basically allowed for all of these other shows to, to, to use that, that famous saying, you know, you know, there's a kid around this show that wants to grow up and kind of be like you and we owe it to them, right. To, you know, to, to, to be the best that we can be. And I do know during the scene updates, we'll talk a little bit about some of the events that we went to last weekend, but basically out of this picnic, there was, you know, some shenanigans. I know Lone Star, I think in the past has dealt with a similar situation, of someone kind of tearing up the show grounds. I think it was LST, but other shows have as well. And I would just tell people, you know, you, you just, we got to respect the shows or people that are putting their neck out on the line to put together events, especially if it's a free event. And I know sometimes, Mike, we saw this before where someone can just place the blame and go, well, you know, it wasn't me in the truck. I wasn't driving. It's like, look, if, if your buddy or your homie or you do something, I've seen even people, Mike, we've heard it, we've seen it, people on our scene that have even done some, you know, we were all younger, right? A lot of us were. But just listen, man, don't go to an event and screw things up. Don't steal stuff. Don't steal awards. I mean, East Tennessee Showdown, one guy stole a Mustang award. We still can't find it. I know Josh Ellis is still looking for it. But, I mean, seriously, like, Mike, at the end of the day, I know – us talking about this right now, it's probably not going to change anything. But like, even if one of your friends screws something up at a show, give them hell or tell your friend, Hey, you owe these guys the money or you need to man up. You know, you're 30, 40 years old causing this havoc. It's like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Mike, bro, I'm, I'm totally with you. And honestly, we really don't have to even, you know, cause the, the, the scene itself is pretty much, uh, blackballed this guy and, and, and has really beat the point in, uh, to, to, to mercy. I would hope anybody in the future wouldn't be too, wouldn't be stupid enough to do anything else like this. Uh, so, but yeah, I totally agree. Totally. I, I can't believe a grown man still does this type of shit at anywhere to be quite honest with you. And especially at a, at a show or a meet or anywhere where, vehicles are trying to come together people are trying to come together hang out have a good time and show off their cars yeah it's just insane odb or miggity mike the mayor live and uncut is brought to you by joey at get decked uh get decked underscore va on instagram or joey dilworth on facebook mike you know you're moving on up like george and wheezy if you're joey dilworth because we had sean from rad bmx builds on in the past he's the big homie and he recently got a get decked award, or not an award, but you know a deck for his display for his man cave, his workshop from Joey Dilworth. So Joey, um, Joey's really expanding out. Man, he, you know, every time you every time you look, every time you follow, every time you see it, it's like, what's next, man? It just keeps keeps coming back with uh, with uh, with fire every time he puts something out. So I'm just glad to see that he's, uh, he's doing his thing, and it just keeps getting better and better. Real deal. Now, uh, next we got the scene updates, and we're kind of moving through here quickly because we have an awesome guest, Dan, but then we're going to have the audio with Ruben. And, Mike, I kind of want to focus at least this episode on three things. So you mentioned to me the other day, you go, yo, Jay, if you really break it down, we got the three tick marks in the OLP binder, so of course I'm over here. You know, I gotta get the I gotta find the key to my filing cabinet right here, Mike. Uh, I misplaced it, but once we get the binder open or a locksmith out here, 
We're going to update it because you were at freaking weekend. I went to Trucks and Cheeseburgers. But, oh, by the way, that wasn't enough, Mike. You had to gallivant on through um, the panhandle. So tell us a little bit about how your weekend went with those two events. Well, bro, we had a awesome uh, – well, first of all, everybody knows we love going to Biloxi, Mississippi. Of course, everybody knows that's where um, uh, uh, Scraping the Coast goes down um, every June – uh, we're there, OLP, um, you know, gallivants up to the, the Gulf Coast, and we're there for scraping the coast. So now Trip has got this new show, The Freaking Weekend, and it is at the, the casino. It's basically across the street from the casino. We stayed at the casino, man, the, uh, the Harris uh, Resort, and, dude, the, the pool uh, facing the water, uh, you know, the ocean, the, the casino, the restaurants, it's, it's what I love about a show where you can arrive and you don't have to leave and you don't have to go nowhere. Um, so that right there is a, is an absolute, um, a star, a check mark, whatever you want to call it in my book. Um, and man, I tell you what, we had a freaking awesome time because the, the pool, that huge bar, daiquiri bar, I mean, TVs everywhere. Got to watch football as we're chilling in the swimming pool uh, right across the streets. One of our favorite restaurants in Biloxi, the Blind Tiger. Um, I mean, they, and they got the best bushwhackers in town. Uh, and like I said, you're right on the water. And it was absolutely gorgeous weather all weekend long. The, the, um, the Saturday night uh, a, a party, we had a bikini contest, a belly flop contest. We had the cabanas all out there around the pool. Man, they they kept it open extra for us. And, uh, man, we had the DJ out there, of course. DJ Mays was there and, uh, you know, uh, playing the music. We just had a freaking just a fantastic time. Guys, I highly recommend that you guys put the freaking weekend on your calendar next year. The dates for next year are going to be coming out soon. So make sure you guys pay attention and uh, and definitely check out the freaking weekend. OLP's already locked in. We will definitely be there next year. Uh, so uh, make sure you guys come by and see us there. And uh, um, so we left early, first thing. Me and Mrs. Mayor left first thing first thing Sunday morning. On our way back, it's it's only about a thirty minute off the interstate, off of I ten. You know, I looked over at Mrs. Mayor and she already she already knew what was coming up. She knew what was going to be asked, and she said, "Hey, if you want to, let's go do it." So we stopped by and seen, you know, our fam, uh, Kim and David, and uh, over at Sparks in the Park there in Niceville, Florida. And, uh, man, you want to talk about a show with plenty of shade. Man, that showgrounds has got trees galore. And just uh, it, they, they had a great, great turnout that weekend. Um, so it was really cool. Two different shows. And both of them had great turnouts. Both of them had um uh you know top-notch vehicles at you know there and so we got to go there spend some time with the boons the boons were there and of course uh you know david and kim and so man we had a, we had a great weekend i mean there's no no doubt about it long ride back home because it rained almost the whole way back home but other than that man it's it's just now also next year i've been told don't have conf confirmation yet but the, the shows are going to be on different weekends next year. So everybody will be able to support both the shows uh, next year. Very cool. Yeah, Josh uh, Riddle Hoover, I always say that name wrong, 
uh, Josh Bonsai Cruisers. He was, of course, there with the Blazer and a bunch of other people. So it, it looked like a fantastic event. I've been a couple of times, and it's always fun. Love the shade trees. The freaking weekend on Facebook, it's the freaking F-R-E-A-K-I-N weekend show. I tell you what, man, they, a couple days ago they shared some of the Mac Media photos of the bikini contest, Mike, and it seemed like the the vibe, as you said, was very much like kind of throwback, but this is the cool thing. A lot of times these bikini contests, if we even have them anymore, and these kind of events, it's it's during the day and it's so hot and you're at a show and you just want to kind of get, you know, get back to the hotel and, and go out to eat and stuff. This, like you said, was all like contained in this uh, hotel that's right by the show, right? Right across the street. Yes, sir. So, you know, when you look at, you know, some, I mean, dude, I mean, this red, you know, little deal here. I mean, I mean, this is like free advertisement with the bikini contest. That's why, like, when I saw these, I was texting you going, hey, man, uh, you know, can I, can you, can we maybe go out there again, again next year? You know what I mean? Because, you know. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going out there next year. For sure. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. I know the Simmons were out there. You got to see. You got a chance to see Roxy, but um, I seen Roxy. I did not. Yes, Robert I was out gallivanting, yep. or or you know they've got like four or five seven twenties. Maybe he was like making a run back to the house to switch out trucks and stuff, dude. <laughs> I mean, dude, their their whole no. family is 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 uh, is in it, and I love it. No, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and yes, I did. I only I did see Roxy, and I definitely didn't get to spend enough time with uh, you know with them. And it, man, it was, we were busy. It was crazy. But at the, at the same time, um, I'm glad that they were out there and, uh, I definitely got to make sure I spend more time with them next time. That's for sure. Yeah. Real deal. Holy field, uh, trucks and cheeseburgers was a lot of fun. I went down and Galavana down about 8 AM on Saturday, got down there four hours later, stayed with the big homie, Tom Bennett, went out to eat with NC Donnie Brasco, Donnie Yearwood had a great time, woke up early. Did some detailing on the car, cruised over about 30-minute drive to the new park. Everything went great. Mike, it was hot. I'm sure it was hot where you were at. But, dude, Tom's got the deal. He's got a gas-powered small JEGS generator, which I'm going to order one right now. You fill it up, right, with some maybe 93-octane deal. You got six hours of electricity, okay? Plug your phone in, whatever. You know what he brings? I help him load up a huge, huge, the biggest box fan you've ever seen, the big round ones, the orange, the Home Depot orange color. We had that blowing right next to us. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of what we were trying to plan. And we did. We had a good shade area. We had cold drinks. We got we pre-gamed. Dude, we were doing the dad deal. We pre-gamed with a pub sub the previous night, dude. We had that laced in the core, Mike. So, you know, as we get older, I'm doing the next thing. If I can buy a Corvette, I've got the new balance. I need the white ones now, and I'm going to have the key fob hanging out of the jean short deal, and I'll be locked in, Mike. That's all I need. Dude, you're always on point. You're always locked in. <laughs> so, dude, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me See, I give him two tick marks for the for the trivia, and then now it's the compliments because I kind of like this, man. I'm a, I might just try to keep this up, man. Uh, there, there is uh, more scene updates, but we'll cover those next week. Um, I will say this: big stuff is coming from street trucks. I don't want to announce anything. Some of you guys have read behind the lines in terms of the post from Brandon Burrell, uh, as well as Randy and others. So that's going to be pretty cool to see what they have going on there. 
Again, a couple of different events. Uh, I was going to wait till the end to mention this, Mike. Uh, I know Lonnie Ford and Crystal and others, they had mentioned there was a guy in our scene, unfortunately, Josh Coleman. I know I've met him before. He passed away, I think, on September 10th uh, while working on his truck. I don't know the details. I know that he would often go to him, uh, go to breakfast with him. But rest in peace. You know, anytime we lose someone in the scene, we want to try to acknowledge that. And it's tough to lose anyone, especially if they're close to you. So, you know, may he rest in peace. Absolutely. The scene update is brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com for your sport truck, mini truck, full-size truck, you know, patina van, any of those needs that you have. The holidays are coming. They do have a free shipping option. Technically, if your order is over $100, I think is what breaks you into that. If there's any Black Friday deals, we'll, of course, mention those later in the year. But support the real deal, Holyfield, garagegearclothing.com. Mike, here's uh, I'm going to try to wind it down here a little quick, again, so we can get to this audio that I want everyone to hear. Can't thank Dan enough for coming on. But uh, here's something um, that's interesting is as we get down to this point of the year, Mike, it uh, we're starting to wind it down the show season. Dare I say that? And uh, there's only a couple more shows left. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to sign in to the OLP official show calendar. So when I check out the calendar, I'm trying to memorize all this, man. But I mean, I'm trying to write lyrics for this album that Mike's dropping. I mean, it's just like I got too much going on in my head right now. But fair enough is in one week. So we had Justin Wyatt on recently. Fair E N U F. Again, there's more information out there. Green County Fairgrounds. Certainly, if you're up in the Tennessee region, check it out. Showdown in the Valley, Mike, of course, the 6th, 7th, and 8th of October. So many people at Trucks and Cheeseburger said, I'm going. We're Galavan up. We love mini Nats. We also want to support this show. It's, you know, it's obviously a different regime, of course, that is throwing this, but uh, it's a different time of year, too. So that's a big draw. The previous week, Mike, we're going to be gallivating up. These guys are getting ready for us in KY, Kentucky, cruising with cruisers. You know lowest common denominator is going to be there, Mike. Uh, That's a given. And, well, I can't tell you. They're working on a special deal for us. And I think, let me just say this, Mike. I'll give you the hint. I think the Spark Show would be happy for what they're working on. Okay? And you're just going to have to... We're just gonna have to go with what you know. What this plan? You know, we've got a plan. I th- it's kind of a plan. You know what I mean? We've got ambulances possibly gonna make an appearance and stuff like that. So, you know, just kind of go with it, Mike. You'll be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the next week I'm is there, man. I'm there. Last resort show. Stewart and Kinfolk. Uh, they are great people. Kik family. But the um, a last resort show, Mike is that weekend, the 20th, 21st, 22nd. And from what I understand, Mike, I, I got my sources in Moscow. They're telling me that um, some of the – what's the club called after after something? Aftermath? Aftermath. Um, I believe it would be Aftermath. Aftermath is going hard in the paint for Last Resort Show, dude. That would be correct, sir. It's crazy. Seam uh, is going to be a couple weeks later, of course, that first – uh, full week into November, so that's going to be big stuff. Of course, Randy and others will be out there, so we'll talk more about other events. The show updates brought to you our kinfolk at AccuAir. Visit ACCUAir.com if you want the best in air suspension components, including the auto leveling systems, AccuAir.com for more. Mike, I've got the uh, podcast update. The one update for everyone is we're getting ready to hit the button. 
I think I'm going to do it on Friday. I know you spent some time, and I've got everything ready to rock and roll, so be on the lookout the day this drops for something new that I think you guys will appreciate. That's the one update, the podcast update, brought to you by Graphics Mafia. I know they've been a little quiet, my Graphics Mafia, but but my understanding is is Ryan did get a different job, but Buddy is still out there slinging and printing those stickers. So it's hey, G-R-A-P-H. Yeah, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, Mafia.com, right? Hey, buddy. <laughs> and, Mike, uh, the last thing I got, dude, is the Airhead Nation updates. Was there anything that you've seen out there other than Eastbound Get Down? Because I know that's making its rounds on social media. Well, that's definitely making its rounds. And uh, I'm, I just want to say, you know, since you brought that up, I just want to tell everybody thank you for all the support and for, you know, everybody's already pre-registering. And, uh, you know, getting those uh, those um, uh, parking spaces uh, locked in and all these vendors and and just everybody that's come on board. Definitely appreciate all the support. And uh, we look for we look forward to seeing everybody. But as far as, um, you know, I, you know, like Jason um, posted up, uh, you know, Project Banana Hammock. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, to Trip. Um, for, uh, that is probably the coolest trophy I've ever gotten in my whole entire life. You got life. a trophy? Dude, so, okay, we got, might have to tell a trip. We can't, I mean, you got a trophy, dude? Well, see, I passed up the trophy for the banana, the banana trophy. Yes. I called it my trophy because, dude, was that not perfect? It's actually dude. a wet floor sign. That's sick, dude. So, you know, and I thought that was the perfect thing, and Trip got that just for me. And it's actually going to go back because Trip's buddy is going to be putting graphics on this banana for me, and it's uh, it's going to be pretty badass, dude. Are you? I know the answer to this question. I think you're not bringing your Mazda to Eastbound, are you? Because I would love to go. If I bring the cab plus, if we could somehow get your truck there, if it's not going, I want to do a show off, ODB versus the mayor, and see who can get dude more technical points. I mean, we'll have to go back to one of these '90s guys, right? With like the magnifying glass and like you know no leaves blowing in you know uh, into the car because then that's gonna point at, you know take a point off like really go toe to toe Mike and really see now you got more mods than me let's be honest I mean I hate to even admit that but maybe I could kind of pull together some I got a radar detector I got a car phone I mean I got stuff that's points dude you you're not that technical no 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 and and you know well this is what I was talking about earlier I don't know what you're talking about. But your Mazda mini truck and my Mazda mini truck parked underneath the pavilion at Eastbound is what I exactly what I was referring to. Right, dude. There you go. Because I mean, you know, that could be a show. That could be a showdown. Like we basically do. Like you know, we have Rob Seeley there, right? One of the judges, and he goes, "All right, take ten paces." You know what I mean? Like old school. And we turn around, and whoever's got the more points, like the other guy's got to like fall down. You know? Hey, I'm, dude. Huh? I'm in, man. If you're up for it, I'm up for it. <laughs> so, so Mike, uh, I do. Um, the last thing is Frank Pedden. Uh, Pedden. I always say his name wrong. I apologize. Uh, he's an old school friend, old member of uh, NC and ST, and I know that he's going through uh, some different things health wise. So I'm glad that he's home, and I hope that he hears this. And I, you know, just wish Frank the best, Mike. I think we want to just end it on this. Um, you know, I've been I, – I, I somehow – I hacked into the Eastbound Get Down website. 
Okay, and I want people to know EBGD. You know, although I say that, it's just my little kind of rap for Eastbound Get Down because Eastbound Get Down is the, the, the this really awesome show in January. Mike's been talking about it. Yeah, big deal, right? So, but here's the thing, Mike. I've been I've been seeing some of the frequently asked questions, and and I figured maybe in this segment going forward, we'll do a segment where I'll just share like one question that's come in. You know what I mean? So then, like, you could answer it and then just make sure that people know, you know, they're hearing these updates every single week or every episode. What do you think about that? Um, I think that sounds like a great idea. So the first one was kind of an easy... This is the only one I'm going to say, and then we're going to wrap it up and roll into the audio with Dan. The question was, can I fly a drone at Eastbound Get Down? Now, I think I know the answer, but I'm you're the show promoter along with John, right, and Kim and Shannon. But do you mind answering that question? I mean, what would you tell someone if they came up to you at the show and said, "Can I drone?" Well, the real quick, easy answer to that to that question is uh, no. You cannot fly a drone at Eastbound Get Down. And I always tell people uh, you got to follow all of the. Um, I think it's FAA guidelines, unmanned aircraft systems, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what we were trying yep. to do was kind of link out to those, but we would always tell you, and a lot of people don't—they make this mistake. Even in a lot of national parks, you're not allowed to fly drones, right? You have to get permits and things like that. So, Mike, here's the bottom line: except for Hank, we tell everybody obey all local rules and regulations. Don't go getting in trouble. You know what I mean? It kind of goes back to the message earlier. Uh, damn straight, damn straight. So, man, that was so easy. Give me another question. Yeah, you don't. The, the Airhead Nation doesn't want to hear some of these weird ones coming in, do they, Mike? I mean, bro, let's hear it, bro. Let's not stop there. Okay. Well, I'll give you one more. How about that? And that's it. That that's a deal. One more. So one more. This one was a little lengthy. The guy kind of goes into a paragraph, but he, you know, some people I think are, are afraid. I mean, because pre-registration right now is open. Uh, some people, I think, you know, maybe with their job hours, I don't know, they're 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 worried. That, like, what if they have an issue on the way there? So it was kind of a two parter. He was like, "Hey, if I came to the show on Saturday and I had to leave for whatever reason, I think we heard this one last year. If like, let's say some something came up and you had to kind of peel out of town, but the judge did get all the points added. the The question, this is kind of an easy one. He says, "Hey, do I have to be there Sunday?" If, and the guy knew, the guy knew that he may not win an award, but if if he did win in his class or whatever the points were, does he have to be there to get the trophy? Well, if he's not there, then he must have somebody there to get the trophy yeah. for him because, because... We don't mail out trophies. Yeah, because that's an added expense. That's added time. you got to find boxes and all that. And it's like, come on, man. Like... You know, maybe just, you know, just leave it behind. If I mean, worse come the worst. It's not like life or death, right? I mean, I don't think. Well, let's let's put let's put it this way. I've mailed out trophies in the past, and the trophy got broke. And then when the guy got it, it broke in the in the mail. And uh, so when the guy got it, then he wants me to replace the trophy. Yeah. And at that time, there is no replacing the trophies. So, yeah, it was a disaster, and never again will I mail a trophy. And, and, so that and that's will, why that, I thought that, that would be a good happening. one to ask because, you know, sometimes people think, like, on the on the surface of it, they go, oh, well, that's kind of mean. You know, these guys, they just made a couple bucks. They don't want to mail it. But it's it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, again, what Mike just broke down. Mike, I know you always love to thank Stingray Chevrolet. What is it, Lowrider Depot? And I swear it was Rogue something. 
Rogue Car Audio and Lowrider Depot and Stingray Chevrolet are our three big sponsors this year. And yes, we would absolutely love to sponsor the, or uh, thank those guys because without those sponsors, none of this would be possible. And if you want a crate engine, you can deal directly with Stingray. My understanding that we've seen them at other shows as well, but primarily I have seen them at Eastbound Get Down Show. You can you can uh, you know kind of cut that deal right there, and you can get one of these crate engines. So it's pretty cool that they've got that kind of level of service right there. Yes, they do have. They're at Stingray Chevrolet. They do have a performance a uh, shop right on property, and yes, you can get anything performance wise for your vehicle right there at Stingray Chevrolet pretty cool we got to thank scraping the coast for the continued support uh as i mentioned a lot of good people but also cns metalworks if you want uh, accuair universal air products so on and so forth hit up chris and team at cns metalworks instagram or facebook or their website c and s metalworks mike we're going to roll into the audio now with dan and then we do have a segment afterwards with ruben artiaga i think that's all i got brother dude thanks again for uh for uh you know calling me and uh and we didn't do it yesterday we did it today uh busy 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 but it's uh hopefully it's going to start getting a little bit slower for me here hey i heard they're bringing back sizzla and if they do where you going sizzla that's all i got for you brother hey i hope so bro because i can't wait to go sizzla because i tell you what we got a road trip coming here real soon baby real soon we'll be back on the road again we're going to be at Long John Silver's up in freaking Kentucky, brother. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. Can't wait. Cops and cruisers, baby. Take Watch care, man. Her. All right, brother. See you. Hey, hey, it's ODB. As we roll into the audio with Dan G, I wanted to remind everyone that this interview is brought to you by Southeast Mini Truck and Nationals, also known as Mini Nats. Join us for the 30th anniversary next year in Maggie Valley, April 19th through the 21st. Be there, Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Mini Truck and Nats on Instagram and Facebook for more information. And the pre registration opens up on October 1st. Be ready to submit for your approval. October 1st. Hey, hey. So like I said, I'm super excited to sit down with Dan to talk some mini trucking history, but really just kind of catch up and and talk about the good old days. But uh, Dan, I wanted to say, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with OLP. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. (laughs) I appreciate all the support, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anything I do for mini trucking is is you know top of my list <laughs> i love that man that, that should be a sticker um now i yeah. i practiced in my head what's the right pronunciation of your last name it's gilliland gilliland yeah exactly got it okay cool so dan gilliland which i like that Correct. it's got a it's got a nice flow to it man like that could have been like because i'm a big hip-hop guy i was like that could have been like a hip-hop oh, name i like that yeah 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 that's good stuff man yeah I don't know where it originates from. I haven't really dug deep. My my dad passed away when I was thirteen, so oh, I didn't I'm really sorry, get. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, pancreatic cancer, so it took him quick. Yeah, um, it's you know we usually don't start off with a subject like this, but I'll tell you this: like, I mean, right. you know, you're on social media a little bit here and there too, and it's yeah. so tough. Like, you know, 
back in those days in the 90s, you know, we didn't have social media. And it's like now, like I go on Facebook and you, you know, it, it, it's tough because, you, you know, you see people like their family struggling or, you know, the family member passes away and stuff. And especially yeah. someone like yourself, like with your, I lost my dad in 2017 and it's not easy, but, mm-hmm. you know, may he rest in peace, brother. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No yeah. Problem. So I didn't really get to get to know him or know a lot about him because I mean, he worked and I was school. And so it's just one of those things, you know, but it's made me what I am today. It made me a hard worker because I knew if I wanted anything, I had to work my ass off to get it. Yeah. It's well said. And at least you got to spend some time with him. I know one of my best friends, Noldy Rodriguez, he his his mom and his dad passed like when he was like really young. I, I know uh, his dad yeah. did. I think his mom lived a little bit longer, uh, definitely longer than his dad, but he was really young. So I, I know that can be tough, but um, yeah, I, I wanted to kind of ask, you know, to, to kind of segue that into like, talk to us a little bit about like maybe where you grew up and things like, are you born and bred like SoCal? Yeah, I was born in Escondido, um, which is like 30 miles north of San Diego. And when I was six years old, um, we were transferred back to Minnesota, and we lived there for nine months. And that's where I became a Minnesota Vikings fan. Really? Knowing that you're a Green, yeah, and you're a Green Bay Packer <laughs> fan. <laughs> I was so, hoping you'd bring that so, up. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I guess I were like a rival now. <laughs> right, right. That's crazy. So you yeah. went from SoCal to Minnesota. Yep. And then we only stayed there nine months, and then my dad got transferred back, and we came back to Escondido. What kind of work did he he do, if you don't mind me asking? He was a jeweler for uh, Jessup's Jeweler. He was like a buyer and stuff. Like he buys certain jewelry from uh, all the jewelers in New York and L.A. Uh, Like heavy stuff in terms of, you know, like. Yeah, like Rolex watches and diamonds and, you know, all the loose stones and all that. So Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Well, when you say the E-word, Escondido. I learned that city name through the magazines, right? And and seeing like the Courtney Hollowells, the Gendros, right. but also like Pete Finland, like Hot Dog Designs, like some of those, they just yep. pop in my head when I hear Escondido. It had yeah, to have been like just such a cool place to grow up though during that time. Yeah, they had a Valley Parkway, which is right down the middle of Escondido, was like a big cruise place. And everyone went cruising there and... That's where my sister comes in is she was seven years older than me mm-hmm. and she was dating some of the guys that had, well, my sister had a lowered bug and so she would take me out cruising with her and and I would see who she was hanging out with and all the mini trucks and Camaros and, you know, like every kind of car was out there cruising Valley Parkway. Man, and so that's, that's, that's where I was like. I want something that I'm going to cruise later on, but I never knew I was going to have a mini truck until my sister started dating uh, a guy that had a brand new uh, 620. And so that's so sick. And let me guess, was he in two hip? No, he wasn't in anything. He was (laughs) just like by himself. But then um, she, I think she was dating him for about a year. His name was Andy Pickron. And uh, then one day, she, my sister called me. She's like, hey, uh, 
tell Andy he can, like, take off. He doesn't have to hang out and wait for me to get to the house. I have something else going on. Well, he decided he was just going to hang out with me and play basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, coming down the street was a Toyota truck that was a full-on show truck, and he was in Southern Coast Mini Truck, and he was a, a vice president. And he, like, pulls into our driveway, and I was just like, uh, who are you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, where's your sister? And, and then my sister comes rolling up afterwards, and after that I was just like, okay, I'm going to leave right now because I don't know what's going on. Right, right. <laughs> But uh, my my sister ended up uh, marrying the guy with the Toyota truck. Okay. Yeah, because not to jump too far ahead, but I I remember I was looking back when Courtney wrote, rest in peace to Courtney, when he wrote the feature for the Tacoma, he mentioned like way back in 82, Dan got his first taste of mini truck lifestyle, you know, back then. And it's crazy to think like, if you think back to that era, we talk about it some here, but even with some of my friends, like, you know, you think of the days of, like, E.T. comes out, the Indiana yeah. Jones movies, Star Wars, you know, from that 78 to, like, 85, and e- even yeah. through the 80s, I mean, just what an epic era, man. Yep, it was. I mean, Valley Parkway was, like, so big that um, Hot Rod Magazine would come out there, What's a VW magazine was popular back then? Like oh, VW hot VWs. Yeah, and hot VWs. Yeah, yeah. All those magazines would come out, and then that place would just, people from San Diego and L.A. would all show up, and it was just crazy. Yeah. You, know, I, you couldn't find a parking spot anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I got into the Lincolns, and, and I'm a big Lincoln guy, the 60s Lincolns, and there's a couple guys, you know, there's a big group of, of different clubs that are out there in these in these different crews, but... I say that because there's someone in the Lincoln scene that he, he summed it up really well one day. He goes, you know, California just has the love so much for the car culture. You know, a lot of it, I think, yeah. has to do with the climate. But even when I think back to, like, American Graffiti and I think back to a lot of these different cruise nights and the stuff like Ruben would talk about Balboa and, you know, you and, and some of the guys. Yeah. Like Steve Butts will talk about, you know, the, the, oh, the SoCal yeah. stuff. To me, that's just like California. You can't think California without the car culture. Oh, I know. Especially here in Temecula, Marietta, they have a, a group called Local Car Scene. Mm-hmm. And this young kid that started it when he was 19 years old, when he has his car meets on Sundays once a month, about four to 600 cars show up. Damn. And it's every kind of car. It's mini trucks. It's old cars. It's a rice car. Like, yep. Every kind of car shows up and... It's just crazy. He has a college parking lot that he rents just for that event. Damn, yeah, that's awesome. And it goes back to, like you know, like you said, those type of events, the Cars and Coffee. There's a big one up on the outskirts of Atlanta. They do, like, caffeine and octane. They even film a TV show there. Like, it's just yeah. the car culture to me yes. is so ingrained in, in, you know, our American blood. And even... Like even though like when the Indiana Jones movie came out, um, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I know it's not everyone's favorite. I'm a big indie fan, but like at the beginning yeah, of yeah, it, we are too. Yeah, at the beginning of it, it was cool to see like the hot rod, you know, drives over the little mole mound, and they did the little you know Paramount <laughs> yeah. thing. But but like it yeah. was cool because George Lucas and and in the in um, Spielberg, you know, they understand like the car culture and all of that just blends so well with um with you know Americana. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. 
I think that's cool. Now, now I got to ask you about this. Like in that era, when I was a lot younger, I recently I, I had the pleasure of talking to um, the artist behind Radical Rick, you know, in the in the in the BMX Plus magazine, uh, Damien. Yeah, and and that was super cool, but. Like, did you fall into the BMX skateboarding stuff, or like, was it friends, or did you have any dealing in that? No, I was more into the sports, playing baseball and football and all that, because of the neighborhood I had. We all had big orange groves and big yards. Okay. And so all the kids in my neighborhood, we were all baseball, football, all year round. <laughs> yep. And then I just started, as soon as, my, as soon as I got a taste of Valley Parkway, I just started doing whatever I could to save money because I'm like, when I'm 15, I'm buying a Toyota truck cash, you know? <laughs> that's sick, dude. Uh, and that's what ended up doing. I, I uh, My 82 Toyota truck that I got first was $5,000. It was just a strippy, brand-new rubber interior, no stereo, no antenna, no right-hand mirror, no mud flaps, you know, the crappy tires, it was just a strippy, and my brother-in-law helped me uh, lower it, tint the windows, then I saved up for a stereo, and then I saved up for a spoiler, so when I turned 16 and got my license, mm-hmm. my truck was already, started to be fixed up already, so yeah, I'm like, my mom's not driving me to high school when I'm 16. <laughs> I know, and it's so yeah. different now, I don't know if you've heard this from friends or if you have kids, yeah. but it's like the kids these days, like the, the the difference is like they they can get on their video games or their computer and and they've got that social connection. Like to your point, yeah. like we were we wanted the liberty to get out of the house and go hang out with our yeah. friends. You know. Yep, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I had uh, four friends that had five tens, and for a little while, first I was in Southern Coast mini trucks. When I first started out, okay. and then I was in that club for a little while, and then we started our own little club called Altered Suspension, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did that for a little while. And then uh, I was working at a gas station down by my house, and two hip came through the parking lot. Ah. And when I turned 16, my mom paid to have graphics put on my truck, mm-hmm. and so they're like, hey, you want to be in our truck club? And so... That's when I got into two hip. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. The good old days. Now I gotta ask you this: What was the gateway drug for you in terms of the scene? Like, did you go down like 15 years old? Some homies, you guys go down to the valley. Uh, I think you said Valley Parkway. Was it called? Yeah. Uh huh. Did you go down there? And that was that the bug that bit you, or like what actually like, yeah. kind of thrust you into it? Just my sister with her oh, boyfriends right. and their boyfriend. trucks. Yep, yep. So you were literally yeah. seeing that, and you're like, dude, this is cool. Yeah, like, I want... Because my brother-in-law's truck had, like, an overhead console with all the stereo and everything. And the whole back end was looked like, you know how the vans were back then, you know, where they had yes. a wet bar and, yep. a, you know, crystal ball hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had all that in the back, and I was like, this is what I want. Yep. So then I think I was back then, I think I was only 10 years old when I very first got the ride in his truck. They had truck rallies back then. I don't know if you ever heard of those at all. It seemed like that was the segue between the van days and 
the minis to a certain extent because they had a lot of the step up campers and stuff in that era, right? Right. Yeah. But uh, road rallies were like you, they give you a, you start off with a questionnaire and those questions oh, would answer right to get you through the city. You had to answer all these questions, and at the end, you know, whoever was there the fastest won something. You know? Yeah, I've heard one person talk about those, and when they mentioned it, I thought of, like, I've heard of the guys in the boats that do these poker runs down, like, in Miami where they go from, like, you know, they, they have these cards, and you go to, like, this one dock, and then, you know, yeah, that, you know that type of thing. Yeah, like a poker run. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if you saw a gumball rally, it's yes. almost the same thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. You're not yeah. going across the country. You're only staying in a little city, and then they'd have a truck show at the end. That's cool. Yeah, someone's got to do that again. That would be a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I got my bug. <laughs> yeah, so when you had that Toyota, did you find that like you enjoyed that for a certain amount of time, and then do you get to an age where you go, eh? I don't want well, it anymore. Like, what happened with that? The unfortunate was that one day I was going to work, and the freeway where I was trying to transition over to, it kind of, like, has one on-ramp coming onto the freeway and then on-ramp going, oh. cutting into that ramp and getting off the freeway. Yep. I was coming over to, going from, like, the fast lane over to those lanes to get to my freeway. And some lady stopped in front of me because she was only doing like 30 miles an hour coming on her ramp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. And I like swerved to miss her into the slow lane. I mean, the emergency lane. And there was a truck parked there. And so I slammed into the back of it like at 65 miles an hour. Dang. Totaled my truck. And you were okay. Yeah. And I wasn't even wearing a seatbelt or anything. I don't know. I had a roll cage in that thing. <laughs> Back then. Wow. And then uh, I had one of those GT Grant steering wheels, and I didn't even know I did what I did because my hood kind of folded up in front of me, and I jumped out to see what I, how much damage was done to my truck. Mm-hmm. And the truck I hit, I hit it so hard it started kick, like going up the freeway, and wow. I thought it was someone that was taking off. And uh, Damn. I came back to my truck, and my steering wheel was bent all the way in half from me holding on. Holy crap, man. That's A lot of people get in accidents probably not even anywhere near that bad, and they don't even make it. I know. I walked away, and I sat on the side of the freeway waiting for CHP to show up. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, well, so then after that, I bought a Celica. So. Okay. Yeah, so then that was that like your daily and kind of little bit of yeah. you know, custom car for a while yeah i had that for a couple of years and then i bought another truck i bought a 88 uh, black extra cab with a snug top and uh, i put porsche alloys on it oh and yeah that was my truck for a few years yeah i'm seeing this theme dan someone with toyota <laughs> they're, they're, do you like some yeah. toyotas i love it i love it what I worked for Toyota Vescondido for oh. 38 years now. Oh, awesome! So it's like in the blood. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's as soon as I turned 18, I started working there, and so all the discounts of getting a truck and having it worked on for for twenty dollars an hour labor was probably for about 20 years. We had that price as an employee. 
That's sick, dude. Yeah, I tell yeah. you, I, I I don't know a lot about the Toyota trucks and the engines and stuff, but the one thing that always comes to mind is the marketing, right? And we all yeah. know, like, these things run forever. It, of course, you know, yep. you do your maintenance and all that is important, but when I was a kid, my dad would get these um, Eastern Airline magazines that his they were like Sports Illustrated and stuff, but they would put this this clear cover on them. I guess they would they would come off airplanes, and my dad would his buddy would give him boxes of magazines. And I remember looking at those uh. magazines when I was younger, and on the back, you know, would always be Toyota, and it was that you'll remember this back in the day. Remember when they had the the ad campaign when the guy people would jump up in the air with their legs up in the air. Yeah. You know, and yep. it was I love what I, I love what you do for me, Toyota. Yep. And it was yep. crazy because that marketing was so like I I as a as an adult like I remember that vividly. So yeah, and that that was for a long time they had that. Yep. For a long time. <laughs> yeah, I love those old ads, and my dad was the one person like he would sometimes say things like wrong or it was mm-hmm. his di- not dialect. I mean, he was born in Florida, but like he would, he was the only person I knew that it's instead of saying Toyota, like most of us, he would say, uh, yeah. Get, you know, yeah, he would say Toyota or, or Toyota or something like that. And, and I remember when Toyota was first getting in the NASCAR truck stuff, he goes, man, they're letting uh-huh. in the Toyotas now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, I know that is a crazy world yeah. now. But, uh, yeah, my dealership has a race team that they've had since I've been there. They race buggies and trucks and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Um, yeah. Now, before we talk about more trucks, I want to ask you this because I'll forget. When you think, okay. like like when we're talking about Escondido, right, and the Courtney yeah. Hallowell, rest in peace, and Gendro and stuff, because you were yeah. going to that valley you know, parkway area and stuff. Did you end up, I mean, you, you kind of talked about with Southern coast minis and altered suspension. Did you end up linking up with some of these guys that became the bigger names in the scene back in those days? Um, well, only Brian was mainly the one person that I, you know, was always somehow connected to. Yep. Yep. But, um, there was a guy, Steve Rogers. Okay. Um, his son now is Ryan Rogers. That's in sunset. You've always commented oh, on his right, truck. right, 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 because we were going to have yeah. him on because Mike Collins linked us up with him. Yeah, and so, yeah, Steve Rogers was in a club called High Anxiety, and he was in Southern Coast, too, when I was there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ryan is quite the kid, too. Yeah, Ryan, <laughs> I got a chance to... About the- yeah, I got a chance to meet him at SEMA one year. He comes up, we started shooting the crap, and I go, oh, yeah, I know your truck, I know your Instagram name. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I know like Alex Anderson, you know, yeah. Alex Who and all them, rest in peace, and I mean, there wasn't really anybody else I really knew that was a big time at all, Yeah, especially no. back in the day. Exactly, and I think when we were texting one day, you you do know or you might be friends with Mike Collins, right, because he lives in the greater area oh, yeah. down there. Yeah, he's like not too far from my house, along with Steve Butts and all that. We're all up here, and I'm like best friends with Mike Collins' friend. Gotcha. <laughs> so we're all like gone to shows together and hung out. Yeah, I didn't even know who Mike Collins totally was, except for when my truck was being built. His Buick, his '55 Buick, uh, Brian was working on his yep. Buick yep. at the same time. Interesting. And the cool thing about Mike, and Mike, if you happen to listen, I know he's a listener. He's just a, such a good dude, and we'll exchange some texts oh, here and yeah. there. I didn't forget about Steve yet. I know I had texted Steve, and 
I need to relink up because we're hopefully we'll get him on. But with with Mike, you know, he's another name that you could kind of say like when you think of California and the car culture. When I see his yeah. Instagram, I mean, he's out having fun. Like, he's everywhere. All, yeah, like you guys, <laughs> all you guys are out like living. You know, you're kind of American dream, and he's out there hitting the shows with his car, and he's loving life, man. Yeah, he is. He hits all the concerts. Like, he's everywhere all the time. Oh, yeah. So you talked a little bit about the Celica, and then you get back into Toyota. Was the, that that Toyota, does that lead you into, because I don't want to fast forward too quick, but, like, you know, we start to get to the mid-'90s, 95, the, the Tacoma comes out, and it's a hit. Of course, amongst amongst many truckers, what talk to us a little bit about how you know Tulo Taco comes about? Well, one day at my work, like everything else that happened in my life, uh, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> like everything went down when I was at work. Anyway, uh, Brian rolls up in a green Tacoma that he built, and he lays it out on the ground, and I was like, "What the hell? <laughs> like, how is?" I didn't ever see an airbag truck or body drop truck, you know, like it was just something he, he just created, you know. And so I go out there, I go, Brian, like, what, what is this? You know, like, how did you, like, how? He goes, oh, it's all airbags. And he like showed me everything. And I was like, so how do I get one of these? <laughs> Hell and yeah. How soon can you build it? Your antennas went up. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was getting ready to go to the river because it was, like, Labor Day weekend, and I had a brand-new Toyota Tacoma 4x. Okay. And I said, when I get back, I'm going to sell this truck, and I'm going to buy a Tacoma, and I'm going to bring it to you. He's like, okay. And so I went to the river, came back. I knew a guy that wanted to buy my truck, sold it, and then I was looking for a black Tacoma with gray interior, and there was none in the whole San Diego County and outside of San Diego County. I had to drive like seven hours north to do a dealer trade with my work mm-hmm. and then bring it back. And so I like left work at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I told the dealership, I'm like, don't close. I'm going to be there by the time you guys close to trade trucks and then drive this one back seven hours and then go to work the next morning at seven. And they were like flexible. They're like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. They said, yeah, just be here by 10 and you can, we'll switch for you. And so I took a brand new Toyota truck up to them and drove my truck back. And then Dude. the next morning I took it over to Brian. I'm like, here's my keys. That's but I sick. did not know what was involved in a body drop, you know, doing all like cutting out the floor and cutting the bed up. I was like, because I dropped it off. And then like the next day I went back and he had the whole interior out of my truck. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like a brand new truck. And so I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that that's what you had to do. You know, all that he showed me was a suspension you know, with the airbags and everything. So that's all I thought was going to be done. Yeah. And so I was like, for those that are listening to low taco ends up, uh, we'll talk more about September uh, 98. It runs up in issue 81 of mini truck magazine. So do you think yeah. like timeline wise, 
if it was Labor Day. So are you thinking the truck was probably built pretty quick? So like we're probably talking like ninety seven at that point. You think like late ninety seven? Well, this was yeah, it was late ninety seven because it was a ninety eight model truck. Right, was, right, 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 right. Yep. Right. So Brian goes, "Oh, I'm going. I want this done by Rezzo that year." And so he called Rob Odell. Yep. Yep. He called. Well, yeah, Dirty Head Dave. You know Dave Chappelle. Yes. Yep. Chappelle. I know his name. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, somebody else was there to help that worked for him. That uh, they were busting it out day by day, like working on it, trying to get it done. And then he goes, Boomer Glasner came out, and he, you know, he was working for Brian doing body work, and so he painted it black. And so I was like, all good, thinking, you know, like, okay, it's almost done. Rezzo's coming. Got two weeks left or whatever. <laughs> and Durhead Dave shows up with Ryan Evans at the back counter of my work and says, hey, uh, this guy wants to paint some graphics on your truck. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know. And he goes, here, pulls out his ink. Like he had a whole bunch of pens. And he just draws it right in front of me in like 30 seconds. He goes, what about this? I go, okay, you can do it. That's <laughs> sick. Yeah, because Ryan's legendary yeah. now, you know, of course. Yeah, yep. That's so after sick. he finished, Yeah, so after he finished my truck, I had a Sea-Doo. And I was sick of everyone having the same Sea-Doo as I did when I went to the river. Mm-hmm. So I said, "When you're, this is next. So he painted my Sea-Doo with a bunch of graphics, and I still have it to this day. That's sitting in my garage. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, and here's the cool thing, you know, Courtney was so good with the write-ups and the the subtitle yeah. of it was Texas and SoCal customizers team up to create one of the baddest Tacomas anywhere. And Rob Rodell, he even chimed in on the post in our Facebook group and said, Dan's a great dude. Ask him how he felt dropping off a truck that he really hadn't even driven yet. And you kind of alluded to that. <laughs> it was like you're like, Okay, here's the keys, man. Yeah, I'd say I had a few nightmares after I saw the whole floor cut out and the bed cut up. <laughs> I, I had nightmares of like water pouring into the cab or the floor falling out from underneath yeah. me, you yeah. know, being like Fred Flintstone. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I was scared at first, but then when I would go there every day on my lunch hour, I'd ride my bike from Toyota to Brian's shop spend like 40 minutes of my lunch hour watching them work on my truck and i drive back real quick but yeah after watching them for a few weeks then i was comfortable and then it was all good after that yep now and, and you you had kind of like you said you had been friends with brian so it wasn't like you know you just didn't know this guy at all like you were literally like you know you had the confidence is what i'm kind of getting at that right. he was gonna knock it out Oh, yeah, because I, when I saw Joey's truck, the green one, I was just like, that thing was badass. And then he told me that it was already sold and going to Japan. So I was like, oh, well, then I'm going to be the only Tacoma that's finished around here, you know? Yep. Yeah, what 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 was cool back then in those days, obviously, the internet, and I don't want to say the internet was at the infancy, but it kind of was, you know, like 95, 96, 97. A lot of the internet sites were very basic, but we... Dan, we lived on Sport Truck, okay, the website. Yeah, we... And what we loved was, like, it was at the infancy of digital photos, right? 
And yep. you know, yeah. we, we would go on there a couple of weeks later, and as time went on, it was like the the next day, the Monday after the show. But Rezo, like you said, Resolutions ninety eight. The, uh, yeah, I'll share the photo. Like it's there. The Tacoma's there. It's got the you know the graphics on it. It's black. It's laid out. It's got the wheels. It's got the tent. It's got the Phantom Grill, and it's literally there. Yeah. Uh, and Lomigo was there too. Yeah, and so was Brian's. Uh, Capri. Oh, was it that Caprice? Capri. Caprice. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, that was that was in primer stage. You know, he had just gotten that one done. But the cool part that Brian he let me drive his ombre for a few months while he was working on my truck too. That's sick. Was so, it white still then or was it had No, it was all graphics? finished. All uh-huh. it was all finished orange and with all the graphics. He's like, Here, I'm I'm not going to drive it for a while. You can drive it. I don't care. Dude. <laughs> That's one of my favorite yeah. trucks ever, and you'll appreciate this, Dan. You know, of course, it's on the cover yeah. of Trucking, but I got to see it for the first time this year at Mini Nats. And uh, a guy, oh, wow. NC Tractor, a negative camera tractor guy. Yeah. Great yeah, dude. Yeah, I think Tractor is the one that had the green Tacoma. Yes. I couldn't remember his, his I, nickname. <laughs> I think he was, and he loved that truck. As you, as you know, he kind of like partnered with Brian, and he was, you know, homies with him, and he helped on the truck. But he was able to buy it back, even though it was in really rough condition. And he totally yeah, yeah. redid every single thing that needed the love. And, dude, that's I awesome. told him, I said, bro, that truck, like, that's so cool that you got the cruising around, man. Yeah. That, yeah. That was, I drove it to the coast. I drove it, you know, plus I had a garage to keep it in at night. So, yep, yep. like, and I cleaned it because Brian knew how I was. I was, like, OCD on everything I owned. Yep. So he's like, I don't care. You'll probably come back cleaner than when you took it, you know? Right. So he, he didn't, you know, so he didn't care. So, like, as it comes together from, you know, we'll say Labor Day through the end of that year and it hits Rezo, you basically went uh-huh. on a crazy run from that Rezo that rings in the new year all the way through 98 until it gets shot. Yeah. Yeah, I was dry. I. Go to every show that I can go to. I mean, I've always been like, I never trailered any truck I owned. That's sick, dude. I drove it to every single show. Like just before COVID, I drove my other truck to to Arizona. <laughs> but yep, that's just been my motto. I'm like, why build it if you're not going to drive it? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I know and. I, I was fortunate um, all those years to have the VHS tape that that Steve Nielsen from Alter Images. You know he was in NorCal, but like oh, when, yeah. he, when he sent us footage or he sent the VHS, you know we would watch that VHS, and it was like back with the internet being kind of at the infancy. And I, I remember watching it like in the early two thousands, late nineties, and when we would see like SoCal when you had it at our, our Cal Truck Jam ninety eight in that August. Like that footage that yeah. we've released. And the cool thing was, even us in Florida, like I would look at that truck and go, Man, the whole you know, the bed forge raised, you had that battery in the you know, in that compartment. Floor, yeah. yeah, and then the notch yeah. cover, like and with the rhino lining, like all of that stuff came together and it just was like the best way I can describe it, it was like it was a complete truck. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say Brian hooked me up with a lot of people, like my rims. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to a rally, and he goes, this guy wants to get his rims out there. You know, let's go to his shop, and you can pick out some rims you want. And the, the guy has this whole display of rims, and he's like, what about these? You know, like a whole display. And then I 
looked down like under his desk off to the left. I'm like, well, what are those? He goes, you want those? And I'm like, yeah. So that's when he, those Volantes, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want those? I'll send you those, you know? So then, you know, I got free rims. And then Nathan Hall, that, you know, Tuck and Lugs. Yes, yep. He worked at a stereo shop and was good friends with Brian. And, and Nathan was building his truck around the same time as mine. And Nathan hooked me up with a stereo system, you know, at cost. It was this one cool thing after another. Like, Brian knew a Rhino guy. He knew the plexi, the guy who sold the plexiglass that I put across the bed there. And mm-hmm. so, it was just, Brian was like one hookup after another on that truck. Yeah, he was so connected. <sighs> and he's such a humble guy. Like, I'm, you know, I know Brian will listen to this, so shout out to Brian. But, like, getting a chance to yeah. meet him and just, you know, he, he just... You know, even how he said he approaches some of his customers, like if the people are nagging and they're, he's like, "Look, I look, you want me to do your stuff? I'll do it, but just let me yeah. do it, right?" I mean, he's an artist, right. and when we saw the truck, though, Dan, like, like I said, I kind of alluded to it, like, you know, as many truckers, there's all different levels to this, right? I mean, you know, you've you've been in this, you know, forty years, you know, give yeah. or take, right? And you yeah. know the stuff doesn't happen overnight, but a lot of mini truckers, you know, we, we were going to shows on Primer and this and that. Right. But, like, this truck, right. the way you guys were able to orchestrate it, right, with Brian and I know, uh, like you said, the other guys, including Rob, when they do all this and it comes out, like, it was like, dude, you got – it was like an uppercut, right? Because it was like, boom, we got this new truck. It's done. Right. And when we yeah, looked at it – license. Yeah, we looked at yeah. it and we're like, dude, this this is like – this is this is truck is complete, man. <laughs> so. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I miss that truck so bad. I mean, it had luxury. You know, it had air conditioning, had all the power windows, like everything on it that I, you know, yep. I can yep. only dream of. When you're driving a body body drop truck and you're driving and it's like smooth, like my Lexus. You know, like yep, yep. <laughs> you couldn't ask for any more. I mean, I was I was really sad to sell it to Brant, but yeah, I want to talk. I my, my, I want to talk about that. Too. My son was on his way. That you know, I got a girl pregnant, and and he was on the way. And I had just gotten divorced the year before, and so I needed. I had to buy something, you know, to haul my kid around. So I had to let it go. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was always curious. Now, let me ask you this, Dan. Like, what was your favorite aspect of the Tacoma to low taco um, or favorite mod? Like even if, cause I know it's a trick question cause you can kind of go, well, the creature comforts, like you kind of all, like you were like, man, it was great to drive, but did you have a favorite yeah. mod or a favorite aspect of the truck? Well, I have to say the favorite mod was <laughs> when I was driving Brian's ombre, he was on vacation and I accidentally locked the keys in the truck because I wasn't used to no door handles (laughs) and it was pouring down rain and Brian told me like oh if you accidentally lock the keys in just turn the mirror sideways and push this button the door will pop open well I did that well the button fell down into the mirror and so I couldn't (laughs) get into the truck so I ended up busting out the window to get in wow but anyway so I said I need something to get into this truck because I know when I am going to wash it or something, I'm going to have the stereo on and my key is going to be ignition. I'm going to lock myself out. Yep, like so many of us have. Na- yep. Yeah, so Nathan Hall 
put a power window switch on the firewall up inside the fender well. Sick. And so whenever I close the door, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I got the power window switch. And I'd just push that button, and the window would go down. That's sick, So dude. that was probably the best mod I would ever say any for any mini truck with no door handles. That's the only way to go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you gotta. You have to have some hidden way to 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 pop a door, or like I even like that. I mean, that's like next level, you know. And uh, yeah, pr- pr- I didn't want to depend on a solenoid. <laughs> oh yeah. Now the the thing that I always liked too was the like you said the center section of where the notch was at. How you know mm-hmm. you had the you know when Brian did it, he did like the ninety right there. So you had this nice square, just real clean notch there. And with the bed liner yeah. all done, like you said, you could put a piece of plexi there. And then the battery, how it was sunk in. You know, I'm sure some guys had done it, but like when I saw that in the magazine, I go, man, he's got this compartment where the battery sits. And later on down the road, yeah. like into the late 90s, into the 2000s, you'd see guys that do it and they'd have their, you know, their, their ice cold drinks in there and kind of make it like a cool. Yeah. But to me, like all <laughs> yeah. of that came together really clean. Yeah, it was. I mean, I like that feature, too. I wish I would have kind of done something like that on this last truck because of certain reasons of yep, yep. not being able to lift it up. Yep. But, uh, but, yeah, that was a that was a cool feature, too. I, I mean, that truck had a lot of good features, I, I should say. I mean. Yeah, and, and it not being a regular cab, you know, how important is that, being able to put your seat back further? I don't know how tall you are, but, I mean, that was, like, yeah. almost a creature comfort built in because as many truckers, we were used to, like you said, you started with a really watered-down version of a truck back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I always, when I was younger, I was like, I want to be, like, those older guys with the badass paint jobs and uh, all yeah. the features, you know? Yep, yep. Now, a couple more questions about the Tacoma, and we'll move on. But do you okay. remember anything about the photo shoot? Like, I, I would assume you you were there that day. Oh, yeah. I spent all night the night before detailing my truck and staying up all night, making it perfect. Sure. And then I drove up to L.A., and I pulled in the parking lot, and I was like, oh, I wonder where we're going to shoot this. You know, going everything going through my head, like, where should I park? Where should I do? Yep. And I met up with Courtney, and... That's when he's like, hey, I'm getting called away. I have to go do something else somewhere that, you know, he introduced me to the guy that was going to shoot it. Yeah, Mike Schartz. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's like, okay, well, just follow me. We're going to go, like, 30 miles away, and we're going to, or not 30 miles, probably, like, 15 miles away, and we're going to go up in these hills, and we're going to shoot it there. And so we were driving around, and I saw all these giant mansions, and so I was like, oh, cool, we're going to like go in someone's driveway, knock on their <laughs> door, and like lay it out. And he pulled over across the street from this dirt pad. He goes, we're going to shoot it right there. I go, right there in the dirt? <laughs> <laughs> and back then, there was no quick detailer or anything like that. You know, I was like, so how am I going to clean it once I like, I mean, I brought my detail stuff, but nothing like where I was going to be able to wipe it down and make it perfect, you know, like it was. But he's like, yeah, just pull it in. And he goes, don't worry, stuff won't show up, you know, in the film, or we can fix it or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. You know, so I pulled it down there, and my tires got all dirty, and so I wiped those down and wiped the whole truck down with best I could, you know, without it making any 
dirt streaks or anything. Mm-hmm. As soon as I stepped away to start to shoot it, this big old wind dust cloud comes and just wipes it out. And I was just, I looked at him and he looked at me and I'm like, guess I gotta go wipe it down again. <laughs> You're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. It happened like one more time after like, he got like a dozen shots in and it happened again. And so I wiped it down one more time and then the rest of the time he did the photo shoot after that. But yeah, interesting. And what was ironic, and we're going to play some audio after this where we talked to our, our one of our best friends, Ruben Arteaga. He uh-huh. he recalls when I was chatting with him and I had posted in our Facebook group, he goes, man, I was there that day. And I was like, man, you were everywhere. And he said, you know, he was good friends <laughs> with Sharksis. And he'll talk a little bit about uh-huh. some of what he remembers. But he, he seems to remember Anaheim, Anaheim Hills somewhere yeah, up in that area. Yeah, I think that's where it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't remember the exact spot. I was just, I was just still in awe, you know, of my truck's going to be in a magazine, you know. Yeah. And I had no idea it was going to be a centerfold or anything. I, I mean, I didn't know anything about anything of what was going to happen. I mean, I was hoping for a cover with a model and all that, but he's like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, when I talked to Brian and, and even Ruben and, and other people, and I, and I know I'm sure you share the same sentiment, we all look at it as it was a covered truck. And I know some yeah. people can slice the dice and go, well, they don't put a lot of black cover, you know, trucks on covers. And it's like, yeah, that's been disproven. You know, I know they could use that excuse. But really, to me, the way I sum it up in my mind, Dan, is it just was the 10th anniversary issue. And to yeah. me, it was a centerfold and it's the cover truck. You know what I mean? Um, so right. to me, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was happy that was a centerfold and that issue. I mean, it's a collector's issue. So, I mean, that's one really good thing to be a part of. Oh, yeah. Especially for, you know, this magazine. Yeah, uh, and there were there were two uh, Toyotas on the cover. You had uh, Last Look and Bal- Pat's Ballistic, and then you had Skybody, yeah. which how ironic was that? It wasn't on the cover before Mike Collins' truck, but right. it appears yep. on that one. So SoCal, let's just say California was representing in that issue. Yes, it was. Yeah. Which I, was, is, I was proud, you know. Oh, yeah. I was proud to be part of that. Now, we've had our one of our, our homies, our, our, big, our big homies, uh, Brant, on from graphic disorder, you know, Brant's had a lot yeah. of success. We we use them for all of our artwork. And what's cool yeah. is, although like you kind of laid down, you know, some of the reasoning behind letting it go, and I know that's a tough thing. And sometimes you go, man, that truck was perfect. The cool thing yeah. was when we had Brant on, he had told the story on how he ends up acquiring it m- many years um, ago, and then he also in our Facebook group had chimed in, of course. Naturally, a lot of people don't maybe don't study this stuff as much as maybe we do. You know, they they kind of mm-hmm. go, "Hey, does does Dan still have it?" and things like that. And Brent had chimed in, and he goes, "Well, you know, he reminded people that it wasn't an accident, and that what that's what led, of course, to the repaint. But it, it's such an iconic truck, and the cool thing is now, I think we're at an age where, like, if you were really dire and you said, "Yo, I want to reproduce this truck," like you you yeah. could do it. You know, like many trucks weren't a fad to the point that. There, nobody builds them anymore, you know, and you're good friends with Brian, right. by the way. So at the end of the day, yeah. like if you ever wanted to, you could, but you know, you've had fun with other stuff too that in a couple things we'll talk about. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, I even crossed my mind at one time where I was like, if I can't find that D50 I want, then maybe down the road, I'd build it again. If I could find those rims, 
you know, again, and then have Ryan, you know, paint it again. Right, right. Yeah, do like an homage type thing. Yeah, because I I love that truck more than anything in the world. And and I have the Toyota people that can redo the motor and all that stuff, you know, so... Because I, I like to drive my trucks and not have to worry about anything breaking down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I'll remind people if you've got the Mini Truck Magazine issue, it's September 98, issue 81. Of course, we're up in negative camber. And basically, the reason why they spun that as the 10th anniversary is because the magazine has one issue in 88. Of course, four issues in 89. And then, you know, uh-huh. they were able to say from 88 to 98, you know. So that's that's how it yeah. ended up like that. But, um, yeah. Before we talk about the uh, a couple other things and then wrap it up, I wanted to ask like any other any other good memories or anything else you wanted to maybe share about Tulo Taco. Anything that comes to mind? I don't know. It was fun driving it to the river, mm-hmm. and you know, even Ryan when he painted my sea dude, he's like, "Okay, when we go to the river for this one truck show, uh, I want to ride your sea dude." You know, right, right. So like, yeah. So that that was a good memory, and then. I, I mean, every time I drove that truck, it was this, I don't know, the CHP always had a, a thing for it where they just wanted to pull me over and write me tickets galore. Like, was like a, too, like a too low ticket? Is that, I mean, I know it ties into the name, but is that one that you got a lot? Yeah, and then I got one for altered suspension, headlights too low, tinted windows, you know, like, I, I don't know, they just, they had it in for me, and... Luckily, I worked with a guy at Toyota that he was a sheriff, like, on the side. Wow. And so he would just sign off all my tickets. <laughs> That's epic, dude. So, like, when the CHP would be like, you know, I'm going to write a book on this. I'd be like, okay, go ahead. Sure, no problem. You were, like, the nicest like, guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't say nothing. I just say, okay. And they're sure. like, you know, look at me funny, like, okay. <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> you're like I take it as a badge of honor. I'm a mini trucker man. Uh, yeah, I so I, that was that was like a good memory I had of driving that truck, or a couple good memories. Now I have to ask this because I'm sure some listeners will be like, "Man, why didn't you ask?" So, is there any correlation between the graphics on the Sea Dew, or it's just totally different than than what the Tacoma was? Um, they're kind of like Sean Dell's paint job on ah, his truck. Cool, cool. Yeah, because so, I wanted something to stick out. So, like, when I saw friends at the river or they saw me park somewhere along the river, they, they knew it was me and that they would pull over on their boats or sea dews. Right. Yeah. You, know, you know, like, hey, there's Dan, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, was <laughs> it a yellow sea dew? Because I know yellow was a super popular. Yeah, in that era, sea dew, that was their color. <laughs> yeah, it started off with yellow, but. Uh, Ryan painted the whole front purple and then made it look like it was peeling away and then he added like the graphics on the back and then he put a a skull of a Viking sinking underneath the water. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and rest in peace Eric Coleman who painted of course Sean Dell's truck and so many others. Yeah. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of legacy there and um, certainly want to give him the props there but um, totally. well, let me ask you this. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, the, so a lot of people may not know this, and I'll be honest, I didn't draw the correlation until not that long ago. Now, I'm going through every issue on um, YouTube, as you know, but of course, right. I'm very far away from you know 2012 issues, but the right. Toyota Extra Cab, okay, there, yeah. this, you know, you basically, in my mind, you have Tulo 
uh, Tacoma, Tulo Taco, you know, as a cover truck. But oh, by the way, you fast forward to, you know, the late 20, you know, early 2010s, you, yeah. you basically build another Toyota pickup. Yep. And that was all because of my son. Like when he was about six years old, he noticed the poster of my Tulo Taco. Really? He's like, what is that? He's like, what is that, Dad? And so I told him, like, it was a truck I had, you know, I built it, you know, back then. And that's, you know, the truck I had. He goes, so can we build one? And I go, well, I have to find the the truck I really want to build first, and then we can go from there. And I think it wasn't even a week or two later, my next-door neighbor that I didn't really know pulls in with this 87 Toyota truck long bag extra cab for sale. Really? He only wants two grand for it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it. And my intentions were only to like just slap a paint job on it, you know, the simple paint job, lower it with some tires and rims and call it a day. (laughs) We're mini truckers, man. I mean, that's that's what we tell ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking for my son, you know, I was like thinking, you know, he'll be happy with just having a, the truck, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so he was like going through all my magazines and he's like, so dad, can we build a truck to get on the cover of the magazine? I was like, that is a hard thing to do, you know? And so we went and uh, I just started off with, because it was a bone stock truck and so I um, Nathan Hall had some tires and rims laying around, and he, he's like, hey, you want these tires and rims for your truck? And so I was like, okay. So I slapped those on there, and I went to go pick up my son. That was the first thing he saw, like, right away. He's like, oh, you got new tires and rims? What are we doing next? And so I was like, okay, he's he's hooked. Right. And so th- then I went and bought a Phantom Grill, and I took it over to Brian's house, and he... You know, he put the Phantom Grill on while his kids played with my son, and we spent the day over there hanging out. And then he was like, okay, Dad, so what are we doing next? And it was just one thing after another to where I'm like, okay, I guess I got to go the full extreme. And What a great then son, I start, man. Yeah, so then I started breaking uh, lowering blocks. For some reason, they kept breaking. So I said, okay, that's it. Brian, it's time to do the suspension, you know, so I dropped my truck off with him, and he did the cantilever rear suspension, and the airbags, and the notch, and then I decided, well, while he's got it, I'm just going to leave it with him for a while, let's do suicide doors, and then I got it back for a little while, and then we did the body drop, and from then on, it was like, okay, then I was, that's when I got into extreme lows is when I was doing all that to my truck. Yeah, and you were basically, just so everyone knows, like you were in NC and you, you know, that that truck was kind of gone and you were, yeah. you know, just kind of laying low a little bit. And then after you end up, you know, doing the extreme lows thing, you kind of, you know, talk to some of the guys and they go, well, man, you know, once you were in, you were in. And, and, and so that all worked out good and the extreme lows, you know, everybody was cool with that. Yeah, yep. Which was cool. Because once I got my truck painted and finished and all that, they were okay. And, you know, that was in the magazine that they were good with me moving on. (laughs) 
yeah. So for for those scoring at home, April 2012, you got to go look at this issue. You got Dan's Toyota Extra Cab, and we'll share the photos of it. Crazy paint job on it. You know, it's got the clear windows, of course. You know, the glass house, if you will. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, the cool thing was to me is you know you fast forward, uh, you know, give or take 15 years. And, you know, this truck that you really, that really in our minds was a cover truck in 98. Oh, by the way, you come back and go, all right, I'll give you a cover truck, right? And you come out with yeah. this wild paint, you know, long bed, a little bit different. And John Mata, um, shout out to him, John Mata Jr., he ends up shooting it, and it was an indoor shoot. Yeah, that was uh, quite the experience. Um, and that's when that whole cover truck curse, I don't know what you call it. Was yeah, out? the curse was was out. I know people keep <laughs> so talking kinda, about that. Yeah, so I was kind of nervous about that part, you know, but I was like, you know, I've been driving it already, you know, so I didn't really worry about it too much. Yep. But it was always like in the back of my head before the shoot. So we did the shoot, and I was driving home, and Alan, the guy who painted it from AK Airbrushing, he was following me in his truck with all my detail stuff because I had nowhere to put it in my truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to like Corona, which is right outside of where his shop is, and just down the road would be my house. So I was like, okay, I could put some of the stuff on my front seat for right now, and then I'll be good. We pulled over into a gas station, and right when I pulled out of the gas station, both my upper control arms snapped in half. Yeah, because I saw a post where I looked back on your Facebook or something, too, that you, you had commented one time, like a bolt fell out or something like that. Yeah, that was on it. That was at, way after this. Okay, but that was my okay, truck, after my tr- that. Okay. Yeah, my truck was pulling to the left as I was, like, going to these shows and all the time. Like, you know, maybe my alignment's out. Maybe I hit something on the road and it caused my alignment to be out. And one of the techs looked and he's like, uh, Dan, uh, all, your upper control arm bolts fell out. Damn. I was like, what? So it was like God was watching out for me when I was driving that truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've had some hiccups myself too, where it's just like, you go, man, if I was at high speed, if I was on an interstate, right, that type of situation, you go, man, I may not be here, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was two times where, because it was bumper to bumper traffic all the way to Long Beach for that, that photo shoot. So I was only going like, 20 miles an hour at the most for an hour and a half. Oh, believe me, I know. Last September, a year ago, I was in Cali for some Lincoln stuff and some pop culture stuff. And, dude, I, Dan, I could not believe it. Like, I, I heard the traffic was bad. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to yeah. go visit the big homie Jeff at Devious Customs, right? And I'm like, ah, he's like 45 miles away. I'll be fine. Three hours yeah. later, dude. Yeah, it's bad. I'm like, bro, what the hell? But, you know, to your point, I think something that's that people don't realize is you start getting to 2012 after your issue 244, there's only 25 left. Now, of course, yeah. you know, the team is going to bring back mini trucking all these years later, about 10 years later, it's going to get resurrected, which is very cool. Right. I mean, in this world we live in the technology we have, it, it'll yeah. be neat to see that. But what stands out to me with that truck though, the, the extra cab is the wild paint, you know, of, of course it was low did you want yeah. to go crazy with this, or how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah, like like I said earlier, like, Sean Dell was, like, one of the paint jobs I've always wanted my whole life. <laughs> I 
Like, I've always wanted something really crazy like that. I mean, with my Tacoma, I, I didn't want to go that crazy because it was black. Yep, yep. But this truck, I wanted to do something like that. And then as I thought about it, I was like, well, I want something bright from a distance, but then I want graphics and I want airbrushing as well. And so uh, Alan is like, well, don't you like music a lot? Like, you're always talking about bands and music and all that. And I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, well, maybe we can do something music-related on the truck with airbrushing. And so I was like, okay, well, let me go home and think about what I'd want to do. And so I was kind of really nervous because I was like, what if it's stupid? You know, what if I put it on there and it's just dumb? Mm -hmm. And so... Alan's like, well, why don't you just go home, find some pictures, you know, and see what you can come up with. So I'm like, okay, I want it to be, like, evil stuff. I want skulls and stuff. So I was like, I'll pick some of my favorite bands, and I'll look at their album covers mm -hmm. and see where it goes from there. So I, I like, started with Judas Priest, and then, then I did some Dio, you know, and I found those pictures. And then I went on the Internet looking for skulls and stuff. And I took a whole bunch of them to Alan. I'm like, okay, here's what I want. Here's what, you know, you do your thing, but this is what I want to kind of do. And so he laid out the graphics first, and then he goes, we'll do airbrushing one piece at a time. So I said, well, I want, no matter what I want, you know, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine on the front fender or the door somewhere on the driver's side, because I'm always going to be in the slow lane somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I want all the best stuff on the driver's side. Mm -hmm. And so I go, but I don't want his head. I want like a skull for his head, but I want something so you could see that it's Tom Morello. Yeah. And so that's, that's where it all started. And then you start with a hood with Judas Priest. Yeah, it's so sick. And, you know, me, me being a big hip-hop fan, I mean, I do love most forms of music, including metal and rock. But I'm right. a huge West Coast fan, and some may forget or some may not know, but Eazy-E, rest in peace, dude, the OG with the Compton hat, he's also on uh, the rear fender, I think, or the rear bedside. Yeah, the drive. Yeah, the drive. Yeah. That was after the photo shoot and all that. Because I was, I had some rock chips and stuff, yep. and some bubbles here and there, and I was like, "This, this is too much empty space right here." So while we're fixing this and oh, filling yeah. this down here on the bottom, and then like David Bowie died, and a couple other people had passed away that I wanted to put on there. So I'm like, "While you're doing Easy E, I want to put Prince on there, Michael Jackson because they had just died." Yeah, and so I was like. I want Easy E because I found a picture of Easy E, and I'm like, I want that on the on the other side, on the passenger side. Yeah, because that's and what so, I always wondered about that. Because I I studied the paint and the feature, and the feature is available online. Um, if you Google Dan's name, Toyota Extra Cab uh, Electric Funeral, 1987 Toyota Extra Cab pickup, but. You know, when I looked at the interior, how sick it was, and all this, and I would look at it, and I was like, man, maybe they just didn't shoot some of that. But now it makes sense that some of that was added after the shoot. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to fill in because I was like, 
the rock chips along the bottom in the orange, I couldn't match it with any kind of touch-up paint. So I'm like, I need some black airbrushing <laughs> down, down there so I can, if I get a chip, it'll be in the airbrushing and someone will just think it's part of the airbrushing. Yep. And it was so cool, like that overhead photo of the rear bed. You know, it reminds me of like a Doug Starbuck type paint job or even Van Diemen where you almost have to get like a wide angle or a nice wide shot of it in, in down straight into the bed. You see like the a little bit of the yeah. tribals, the biomechanics, all that stuff really came together well for, I mean, the guy that painted it really did an awesome job. Yeah, he went above and beyond on every, because some days I'd be there sitting there watching him for a couple hours, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you're done with that piece, now we can move on. He goes, no, because I got another <laughs> whole day on this piece. I'm like, what? It looks good to me. Yeah. You know, like, I was satisfied with a lot of it, but he's like, no, it's not, it's not finished yet. So yeah. I was like, Okay. Yeah, super but, um, sick, super sick stereo in it, of course. And um, I always liked how you had the gauges in the center console, and then obviously the graphics float on the interior. Uh, it just looked really, really awesome. But um, I tell you what, that '87 Toyota Extra Cab. It's great that you finished it and got it shot when it did, because you know, of course, the magazine goes away a couple years later. Of course, there is the resurgence yeah. uh, coming back, but. It's it's one of those things where you know sometimes you just got to make it happen and you, and you definitely did and your son was a big motivating part it sounded like oh yeah I mean I even I was going to give him that truck for graduation present you know if he got A's and B's in high school but that didn't happen and then he came out truthfully he's like Dad I, I couldn't take that truck from you he goes that that's your blood sweat and tears right there he goes even if I did get A's and B's I wouldn't want it wow <laughs> so. Yeah. What's your son's name, so by the like, way? Give him a shout-out. Uh, his son's name's Trey. Nice. Yeah, he lives in Nebraska with his mom. Okay. But, uh, gotcha. Yeah. He's, you know, he's doing the best he can. Good. Good. But, you know, well, shout-out to him, and that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, he's a good kid. He's a real good kid. Now, before we, before we wrap things up, people want to know, though, you hinted earlier that I think the truck, you, you did end up getting to a point where you were, you were willing to let it go. Yeah, I I had it for twelve years, and I probably went to a hundred fifty some shows. Wow! And and I have like seventy some trophies here, and you know, I, with all the magazine shoots, you know, the one from Japan, they came out and shot it. That's right. It was in custom. Well, before Custom Trucks Mag, it was Truck Trends. I think it was in there. Yeah, yeah, Truck Trends. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I I feel like I got my fulfillment with that truck it, it needed a lot more like it needed new airbags and it had a leaky radiator and just some little things that need to be fixed but it was just too much of a long list to me because I'm like I never drove that truck dirty I met like you know if I even drove it down the street to a car meet I'd wipe the whole thing down inside of my rims everything just so it like pristine every time I showed it yep and uh, when I drove it to um, bring the noise, just before the pandemic, I yep. met uh, a guy named uh, John out there. He had the white, I don't know, you know F-bomb? Yes. Yep. So like, yes. John Byron. Yep. He, he called me up out of the blue after I, I went to that show and I beat him in my best paint and best mini truck and all that. 
and we became really, really good friends. And out of the blue, he calls me and goes, hey, Dan, you want to sell your truck? And I'm like, you just called me at the right time. I go, come on and get it. Wow. <laughs> and so That's commendable for you. Dro- yeah, and so he came out and with an enclosed trailer and loaded it up and drove it home. And that was probably like the best thing I ever could have done for that truck. Because <laughs> uh, he's gone above and beyond with it now. I mean, he's... He's taking it all the way across the country to show it, mm-hmm. and and he's redone the interior. He's, you know, he changed it to all leather, but he kept all the airbrushing and all the fiberglass and all that. Yep. And I mean, everything he's done to that truck, he's redone the whole suspension, like painted the frame. I mean, I couldn't have asked a, a better person to have bought in that truck. Yep. Because I. I mean, if you saw it, you would never even know that, you know, I didn't own it anymore because he takes as good a care of it as I did. Yeah, that's sick. And, and that's the tough thing. I think a lot of people build these, we build our dreams. And I think some people go, well, man, you know, like I've been there before where I'm like, well, I don't want to sell it because I don't know if the next guy's going to keep care of it. So it's such a great feeling when somebody comes to you and goes, yo, or like you, you've built a relationship with this person and they said, look, hey, yeah. let me take it off your hands. And you kind of know in the back of your mind, it's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. I knew as soon as I, because, I mean, his truck was, you know, his whole frame was painted on his truck and it was pristine. So I knew that he was going to take care of it. So it's almost like he paid me to go show it for me now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, that's the way I kind of look at it. You know, I wasn't even sad to see it go of, I was, like, really shocked, but I think it was just because I was happy I knew it was going to a good home. Yep, so, I know. That's, that's a good feeling to have. Now, I will tell people, I'm going to share some of the photos. I'll probably even use some for our cover art for this episode, but for okay. those that don't know, truckrun.net, as you know, Dan, they did a feature. Uh, Donald LeBlanc III did the photography. Yeah. Juan Trevino did the article, and you know, it just shows like a truck like this the style it was so different than Tulo Taco, but it, yeah. it was so cool because you know getting to know you a little bit now, and and the things that you love with music and things like that, like you were able to come back 15 years later and go, yo, you know I had such a good time with this other truck. Life gets in the way, you know. You had your son on the way, and that's a great thing. But you, you know, yeah. you at the same time didn't give up on your dreams. Like you, when you and I have talked, you're like, yo. I'm not growing up anytime soon. Like I'm, this is this is who I am. It's in my blood. Yep. I mean, I, I don't think I've gone my whole life without something custom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Even my, you know, my Lexus that I drive now, you know, got to have something custom on it. You know. Yeah, that's I how you know you're a true stock. enthusiast. Yep. No, that's that's awesome. But yeah, I'll share some of those photos. And I thought uh, Donald LeBlanc the third, like he did just a great job. Like I love. You know, seeing it there the kind river. of on, on the river. Yeah, but like with the suicide yeah. door open and you see like the door panel. You know, this truck just really has. And that's why I want people to know that I'm going to share some of these photos that it's like, look, this truck really was, I mean, it it deserved the cover, you know. And like I said, I, I thought John Mata did a great job shooting it. Yeah, and the story he wrote too was awesome. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And Ernie, Ernie rest in peace, had a big 
part of all that. You know, when my truck was under construction and it was in the 20th anniversary issue, you know, in the That's under construction right. issue. Yeah. Because I was hoping my truck was going to be finished for the 20th anniversary issue because I was like, would it be awesome to be in the 10th and right. the 20th, you know? Right. <laughs> you know? But uh, at least I was still in there. Like, um, Ernie and John, you know, did whatever they could to get my truck at least under construction. So, yep. Um, in that shoot for that. So I was like, okay, well, at least it's in the 20th anniversary as under construction. So I was, I was happy with that. Yeah, that was April 2008, 20th anniversary issue. And then it had, of course... Sideshow, ironically enough, because that came up, you yeah. know, Sean Dell's truck, that was on the cover for the second time in that, which yeah. was which was super cool. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had to look in my notes here, and uh, I had that noted. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I was like, that was cool that Sean's truck was on there, a truck that I've always admired. <laughs> yeah, and Ernie and Mike really did a lot for the magazine. Obviously Mike was the editor, but you know, Ernie, right. Ernie was so much like even Courtney and, and Mike was too, in a lot of ways, definitely helped me more than once is, you know, these guys were always looking out, you know, especially with Courtney, yeah. with the lineage that you had going back to Escondido and things. And it's just crazy to think like you see these, these trucks, these little trucks cruising at, you know, Valley park, Parkway back in Escondido yeah. and like, you know, the, let's call it the early eighties and, and, you know, not to date ourselves, but like all these years later, we still love this stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've always told people like when they're, when I was at show, other people would say, aren't you afraid to drive this? And I'm like, no, this is my heroin or this is my, you know, <laughs> alcoholism. Right. You know, like this is my getaway. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's in me. If I was having a bad day at work, I'd come home, jump in my truck, and just go cruise it, you know, because I wanted to keep all the fluids going in, and I would just cruise it, you know. That was like that was like a high like no other. Yep. And then yeah, sitting at a light, away. yeah, like sitting at a stoplight, and you see people with their phones out taking pictures or, you know. I've even had like the Marietta police and, pull me over just so they can look at my truck. Wow. You know? The time, the times have changed, you know, back in the day you were yeah. having to yeah. say, sure, give me tickets for a hundred things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. They just pulled me over and they're like, hope you don't mind. Just, I wanted to look at your truck. I'm like, dude, take your time. I don't care. You know, yeah. that's why I built it, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to do a whole issue in the future about the whole cruising is on a crime, which of course that is, um, big in the lowrider culture, as you know, but like with all those ordinances yeah. and stuff, I mean, people just don't realize if you don't live in California, I mean, there's some places you're not allowed to cruise, you know, more than one time up a right. strip. So right. it is kind of crazy. But uh, the last couple things I got really quick is number one, uh, you should give a shout out to your, your wife because I, you, you and I both know how important a good wife is to let us do the things we love. Oh yeah, definitely. My wife, Christy, uh, she went through the whole build of my uh, last truck. You know, she's like, at first she's like, mini trucks are stupid. You know? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I'll she change drives a mind. big. Well, she drives a big lifted Chevy four-door, you know, with 35s on it. And Damn. So she was like, yeah, so she's like, trucks are stupid, you know. And then when, as my truck was getting done, she's like, huh, 
I want a mini this truck. This one's cool. <laughs> yeah, this one's cool. But then she was like embarrassed to ride in because everyone was always taking pictures of us when we were driving down the road. Yeah, so like that's how you like, know we're celebrity status right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she she puts up with me, you know, with with that truck for a long time. So I give her credit. Oh yeah. Last question I think I got is any. Uh, I'll give you three choices. So you can either come up or tell us maybe your favorite truck run memory or your favorite Courtney or Ernie memory. Any any one of those three. I figured I'll throw one out there to ask since you got probably the creative juices going in your mind. Um. Well, I have to say, like after Madness or Desert Madness, when I first started mini trucking, was probably my favorite truck runs because one they're in the summertime and two like those two shows would just go off so crazy like everyone with their trucks full of you know the beds full of water and girls in their swimsuits and just people just going nuts and every time i hear an oingo boingo song (laughs) that's the first thing i remember because when i first went through a two hip through their camp they had Oingo Boingo, like, blasting. <laughs> That's awesome like, that you remember. It's, yeah. It's, see, time travel's possible, right? We don't need that flux capacitor. Yeah. You can literally transport <laughs> back, like, through a song. That's 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 what I do all yep. the time. But, see, even though yep. I never got to experience that, I got to thank Brian McCormick and these guys, like Courtney, because they were ingrained in the culture. And, like, when I look back at the 80s yeah. trucking magazines and see, like, a guy jumping a BMX bike into the river, I go, uh-huh. man – even though I wasn't there, I kind of go, I can, I can understand what these guys are talking about right now. Like they were just out there living, <laughs> living the life, man. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing I looked forward to every year was going after madness or desert Man. It was like desert madness. Then it was after madness. That's what they named it. I mean, I went to Rezo, but I don't like to be cold. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like Rezo was just always way too cold, but. Desert Madness was probably my favorite show of all time. But I hope someday, like when I retire, I'm hoping to retire soon to travel across the United States and stop at every truck show that's along the way. Dude. You know, just try and time everything. That's that's my plan. Because my wife wants to travel when we retire, and then we're going to move to the Caribbean. I'm going to sell everything I have. <laughs> really? Yep, that's my goal. That's my goal. Dude, that is awesome. That, because we have a rental house, and I feel like that's going to be paid off soon to where that'll be our income and to have fun in the Caribbean. Yeah, I've been down there a couple times on cruises, and I've joked with some of my friends. I was like, you know, there's something about that island life, you know, just jumping off, it, get a catamaran, get you a cold drink, you know, and even the yeah. cruise ship stuff is big because, you know, you can make money off, you know, if you've got a catamaran and that type of stuff. But even just the easy, what they call island life, you know. Yeah, I, I well, if you it. ever get if you ever get a chance to do a sandals resort, I okay. highly re, I highly recommend spending the money for a sandals adventure to do it. Yeah, my friend went there on his honeymoon, but I I have never made it yet. Yep, that's what you got to do. That's where we went on our honeymoon. Went to Antigua, and now that, that's where I really got the taste of. We got to do this. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't thank you enough, Dan, for sitting down. I mean, it's cool to meet so many great people like yourself. And, uh, you know, just the, the amount of contributions that you've made to the scene, whether it's just going to a show, buying a show shirt, building some cool trucks, you know, ones that are etched in our minds, especially Tulo Taco. 
you know, I, yeah. I tip my cap and salute you, man. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to share some of your memories with us, man. All right. Thank you. And you have a good night, Dan. And I appreciate you, brother. Hey, hey, so we just finished up with Dan, man. It was awesome hearing some of the history, but we've got uh, the book in the house because there's always the seven degrees of Ruben Arteaga, right? There's always a connection, but Ruben, how you doing, man? Oh, buddy, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Hey, I know you've had a lot going on, and I'm glad to hear that uh, you know, you're know you out there uh, you know, training, getting ready for the next, the next uh, leg of, of 2024, man. I'm happy for you, brother. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, uh, things have been a little rough here in the last couple of weeks, but I'm doing better. I'm still here. Yeah, buddy. You're like Daniel LaRusso, man. You ain't quitting, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I've been watching Cobra Kai for the last week and a half. Ah, it's you know, addicting, I, I, like isn't I, it? It is. And you know what? I'm, I'm always late to the party. But hey, man, I'm here. Yeah, I always like there's a little cheesiness to it, but it's the perfect cheese for the 80s and nostalgia. Yeah, no kidding. And you know what? I, I can't believe that they actually made it work. It's actually, <laughs> I it caught me. You know, it, it got me. I think the last thing that I ever watched like that was Dexter. And, you know, I, I love shows that will kind of, like, grab me and want to watch it. And, and that's where I'm kind of at with it. Yes, 100%. Well, we're glad that you're here. And what was ironic is, you know, you and I kind of chatting the last couple of weeks or so, you go, hey, I've got some intel on that photo shoot. But, you know, a lot of the listeners just kind of heard from Dan and some of his recollections and whatnot. But do you remember when Gendro built the Tacoma, right, the, the extra cab? Uh, do you remember that era? And, and what was the connection maybe that you had to it? I, I remember that era well. I remember that truck very well. Because a little side note here, at the time, well, I had just I'd sold my extra cab and I was working on that, that white 89 that I had and Kind of like on the, you know, back of my mind, I was looking at an extra cab Tacoma. You know, it was that first generation that came out. And um, Dan's truck, I mean, I, I always liked that truck. I remember seeing it out and seeing the shows. And I remember when Gendro was working on it. And um, I had my eye on one. And um, I never did pull that trigger, but his was definitely inspiring, you know, to go that route. And, um, like I was telling you, I was actually there the day of that photo shoot. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and to your point, the Tacoma, I believe, the Toyota guys will have to keep me in check here, 95, that body style comes out, it becomes a hit amongst many truckers. What do you remember about that connection that you had that day? So uh, at that point in time, I was working for a chemical company, and I was also freelancing for a mini truck on the side. And I believe it was on a Friday. Uh, that particular Friday, I had Mike's turbo truck over at Toy Sport, and we were doing tech on it. Oh. And I had spent, like, all day there, no lunch, nothing. And um, I made it back to the offices about, about 5 o'clock, you know, end of day. And um, I was tired. I was spent. I was hungry. And Mike was telling me, he goes, yeah, I'm going to go shoot this truck. You should come with me. You know, I, I, you know, help out. So, um, so I did. And I remember, I remember getting up, I, I believe it was like somewhere up in Anaheim Hills and where that photo was actually taken, the, where the truck was shot at was, uh, if I remember right, 
there was a um, pretty nice neighborhood and real nice expensive homes and there was this empty lot and that's where it that's where it got parked and that's where it got featured at yeah, so it was almost the infancy of when a developer comes in and buys the land. What did it have that feel? Because I remember talking, uh, you know, about Steel Flame and kind of some of that area. You know, it's everything's much more developed twenty five years later. But it did it feel like it was almost like a residential spot. It, it did. I mean, there were there were there were homes on either side of that lot, and uh, I mean, it again, you know. The picture makes it look like it's in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. no, it was like in a developing neighborhood. That's so awesome, isn't it, man? And, yeah. And you you probably remember when Charles was like, yo, man, you want to go? And you're thinking, man, I haven't had lunch. Man, like, I just want to get some AC and do that. Do you remember, like, was it a long trip where you had to go? You kind of hinted at it, but it was like, what, 30-minute drive or something? It, it was, you know what, where, where, where McMullen and Argus uh, Publishing was at at the time, to where that location may be 10, 15 minutes at that. And, and I'm talking in traffic and, and Friday, you know, evening traffic. Yeah, and very interesting. And what was something that we hit on, that I hit on with Dan, was, you know, his feature, the Tacoma we're talking about, of course. Uh, now, it for those um, that don't remember... That truck ran on September 98 issue, issue 81, and uh, the feature starts, Courtney wrote it, rest in peace, he says, way back in 1982, Dan got his first taste of mini trucker lifestyle. His sister was dating a guy from a club, too hip, and they decided it was time to treat young Dan to his first mini truck. But what was crazy to me was that... A lot of people, maybe even to this day, and I talked to Gendro about this before, that there was an assumption like there was Gendro's truck, but it was because, you know, they did all of that work on it. But, you know, I wanted, you know me, I want people to get the credit. Of course, Dan's name's in the feature. He's the owner of the truck. But, you know, we wanted to make sure that people knew that, hey, it was Dan's truck. Right. Right. And, you know, um, Gendro, I mean, Gendro's been a part of so many builds, so many awesome builds and stuff. And, you know, yeah, sometimes you're like, wow, I wonder if that's his or it's a customer, you know? Yep, yep. Yeah, because it kind of had that vibe. And when that issue came out, so we're literally talking 25 years ago, he, it was kind of collateral damage because it was this hot truck. You know, you and I talked about some of the color, you know, off, you know, before we were recording. And really, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it is, it was a cover truck. You know, it just was the 10th anniversary ran. And they said, you know what? You know, Ballistic gets on there a second time, right? Skybody and some of those. But really, at the end of the day, you and I both know it's a cover truck. Of course, it, it is a cover truck. And, you know, it's kind of uh, like you and I have talked about in the past. It's kind of, I don't know, you know, there have been times where um, stuff gets kind of pushed around because of certain things or 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 whatnot and then there's other times where you know the truck that you least expect is a cover truck and the one that deserved it for some odd reason reasoning that we don't know you know they get pulled into into a feature but nevertheless you know i'm, I'm glad that that truck got its stay in the sun yeah 100 percent. and and i can't forget it was it was ballistic last look which was the second appearance for both of those trucks. And then, of course, Skybody, which was kind of cool because it wasn't on the cover, but we've told that story with Mike Collins, and, of course, it does end up on the 10th anniversary issue. 
it is crazy how time flies. And I, I talked a little bit about with Dan about this, but you know, the ironic thing was as iconic as that truck was. And we have some footage that, as you know, we've shared in the past, your truck was also at that show where Steve was at. And I recently shared some of your white Toyota, uh, footage, but I'll say this, the crazy thing was, you know, the truck goes on to get sold. It goes to Brandt and then it, it lives on kind of a whole nother, you know, uh, uh, I want to say life. It lives on a whole nother kind of realm of, you know, a truck that ends up getting in an accident and then getting repainted. Right. And, you know, it, it's funny how those things work out. I mean, you know, uh, some trucks are around here forever, and then others, it's like, gee, I wonder what ever happened to it, you know? And, and I guess that truck was one of the luckier ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, Too Low Taco, of course, we're talking about. And, of course, Courtney also says, you know, the, the subtitle was Texas and SoCal Customizers team up to create one of the baddest Tacomas anywhere. Of course, got to give a huge shout-out to Rob Rodell. He also chimed in on the Facebook post, as you did, as well as Gendro. And I know he was also in the loop. You know, those guys down in Escondido were were all uh, teaming up, ripping out the Sawzall blades and doing the dang thing, which I thought was was pretty neat. Do you think back? And, you know, oftentimes I, I heard this the other day, you know, people, someone had made a statement and they said in the 90s we were kind of living in the moment, right? We didn't document every single thing. We didn't have phones. You know, we were lucky to have a pager. Do you sometimes, you know, especially recanting some of these stories with the podcast, do you think back and go, man, I was at a lot of different shoots. I was at some <laughs> cool stuff, man. Uh, you know, you know, Jay, you and I have talked about this again before, and I, I, I guess I was very fortunate to be around, you know, with around certain people and and be there to witness some of this. And you know, to your point, I mean, we didn't have we didn't have cell phones. We're actually, you know what? I did have a cell phone, but it didn't take pictures. You know, <laughs> right. it, it was a, you know, it was pretty much the size of a of a shoebox. And you know, I I did my best whenever I would go places. I'd either take you know a thirty five millimeter camera, or I would have the little disposable ones. And um, I got I got pictures. I have pictures from you know just random stuff from back in the day and. Yeah, man, it, it, you know, I, I kind of wish we would have had the technology there to like, you know, cause of course we, if everyone had a cell phone, then, you know, pictures would have been, you know, all over the place, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm on the fence about, it's like, you know, I'm glad we didn't, but I wish we did, you know, because yeah. not only, not only is it going to take pictures of all the cool stuff, but it's also going to take pictures of all the stupid shit we were doing. So, right. You know, with that being said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I do consider myself lucky, you know, to be around them. Yeah, it's, it is kind of cool when you think back. They just had a 90s convention in Tampa, and I didn't end up going, but I read that's where I think someone had was quoted was saying, yeah, in the 90s, we kind of, you know, lived, um, in the moment, right? We weren't documenting every single thing. Like now, you know, you go to the Grand Canyon, you want to take a selfie, you know, you want to kind of post up, it's, you know, show your friends, hey, I'm doing some cool stuff and, you know, documenting. And it may be like even with Jacob, you know, he might look back one day and go, oh yeah, dad. Or you know how Facebook is now, how it reminds you like seven years ago, this is what you were doing. I mean, that's, it, it kind of reinforces how quick time goes. No, it truly does. And I mean, there's stuff that pops up from, 
on my Facebook memories from like 10, 11 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it is, and honestly, it's just crazy because, you know, we're, we're that generation where, you know, we, we remember life before cell phones, you know, life before the internet. And now it's like, you know, you try to explain that to you know my kid, Jacob, and like, what do you mean? No internet. You know, well, how do you watch TV? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and it's, you... it turns into one of, <laughs> yeah, it turns into one of those conversations like, oh, back in my day, you know, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny how, how we've progressed, but you know, we were living in the moment and we were, you know, I believe we were living in a much simpler time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I didn't talk a lot about when I got to go to Rob Van Winkle's house. Uh, everyone knows him as, of course, Vanilla Ice. I got to tip my cap to the big homie Tom for kind of making all that happen. But here's the ironic thing: when I was there, I had a you know a couple quick conversations with Rob, and you know he was born, believe it or not, on October thirty first, nineteen sixty seven. So he's fifty fifty five, and he was talking about how he goes. If you think about it, we were the nineties generation was kind of like the last the last generation without like computers to a certain extent. And you could slice and dice it and go, well, there were computers, but most people didn't have a home computer even, which is kind of hard to believe. And even phones and all that. And and I kind of got what he was saying. Cause right. I mean, some of us consider, I consider myself like an eighties baby cause I was born in 78, but I was kind of like a nineties kid, right? I'm a teenager. And you know, when Snoop's album comes out and all that, but I say all that because when you really do think back, you know, a, a good amount of our years were in the 90s and we did live i mean we were like the cd player was like one of the most technologically advanced things that we had if you think about it right and you know um i was born in 68 so um i'm close to rob's age and um you know i remember a lot of of the 1970s you know growing up as a kid in the 70s and it was funny i was having this conversation conversation with someone the other night and we were talking about um, Bicentennial, 1976. Oh, right, right. I, dude, I remember all the hype coming up to that. And granted, I was I was a little kid. I really didn't understand it. But you know what? In, in what? In a couple of years here, we're going to be celebrating 250 years. I thought about that a couple of years ago. I really did because, you know, 1776, right? So the Bicentennial was 200 years later. And I thought about it because I was like, well, 1776, and then, yeah, you get to, because, uh, yeah, we're almost 250 now, I think. Yeah, it's going right. to be in 2026. Yeah. Right, and, you know, I, I remember all that. And then, you know, I remember, you know, I, I growing up in the 80s, you know, I was a, a teenager in the 80s, in the late 80s. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember the school had like one, our, our, my junior high had one computer. And like every kid got like 10 minutes or a half hour or whatever to be on it. And granted, I mean, it's nothing like the computers today. And, you know, it was cool for the time and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I remember, you know, pay phones. You needed to make a call. You had to go to the pay phone. I remember having a pager. I was working for this company and I was on call 24 7, seven days a week, and had a pager. Yeah. And if I needed to make a call, I had to stop at a payphone and call the office or call whoever I was working with at the moment and whatever. And, and that was, that was pre, 
I believe that company, we did have cell phones. So if you were out on a job kind of far away, you got to take one with you. But it was like, you know, if you make sure you don't go over like, you know, a couple of minutes each call because it's super expensive. And, you know, and here we are today, you know, here I'm on my iPhone talking to you on your iPhone, <laughs> right. you know, coast to coast. Yeah. You know, you would never dream that. But yeah, it, it's kind of kind of crazy. Like, you know, we in a sense, we were living in the dark ages, but then again, you know, during that time, you know, we were, we were current with our technology. Well, here's a throwback for you. Paging someone 911. What did that mean? Oh, uh, emergency. Yeah. Emergency. Dude. Yeah. 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 And, and then remember there were certain, uh, Hank Norris, the word was he would always, he would page like f- typically females and he would always do like a code five three one eight zero zero eight, and it took me a minute. But then I realized, you know, that what that spells upside down, like the B O O B I E S. That was like his code word for like, hey, come over to my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, like, you know, I I, I know I I said this to you before. Uh, my first cell phone was this like little Motorola type deal, and. Didn't even have a didn't even have a clock on right, it. Right, right. You know, it, it, yeah, and, and you would. Um, I remember um, if you were one city over from where I lived, I was roaming. You know, and let alone if if I had to make a call on it, it was like, you know, talk really fast and hang up. You know, it was like you know I didn't want to spend a lot of money on minutes. Right. But yeah, dude, it was the trip. Yeah, and here's one from memory lane. It, I started in the cellular industry in 97, and back in those days, there was a lot of the C word, cloning. And believe it or not, people, you think about the scams today on Instagram and I'll sell you parts and Venmo me money and all that stuff. You know, scams have been going on since the beginning of time. Well, there was ways for people to clone phones, and they used to have this thing where like, if you travel to a certain city like Atlanta that was like a high cloning area. So you'd have to do this like special code. You'd have to put in your phone that authenticated with the network. And to your point, it was almost like you were going out of town. You had to let your cell phone company know because they weren't going to let the calls go through because it was so expensive back then, you know? Right. And you know, I want to say I had to do that once when I went to Vegas with it. Yep. Yep. You know, just to let them know I was going out of my area and that was, you know, that was me. So, yeah, I, I, I did that. So here's one more throwback before we um, start to wrap it up. Um, you know, talking with Ruben Artiaga. And by the way, this segment is brought to you by C1500 Nonsense. Don't uh, have nonsense and follow C1500 Nonsense, right, on Instagram and Facebook. That's right, for all your OBS nonsense. Yeah, I love it. C1500 Nonsense altogether. But... Uh, here, here's the throwback I wanted to give you is 25 years ago today at the time of this recording. Now, granted, it was a three-day run, September 98, September 18th, 19th, and 20th. You had Endless Summer River Run, dude. And uh, you, I'm sure you went to some Endless Summers over the course of time. You know what? And I was at that show. I actually drove my uh, my white Toyota out there with, the big motor and the carburetors and all that and uh gas wasn't cheap <laughs> believe it or not for a little compact truck I, I spent a lot of money in gas getting up there and coming home and yeah i was there 
so sick. We have kind of a little bit of insight into this show that some others don't. Uh, of course, I never attended, so I got to clear the air on that. But because of Steve Nielsen and that famous VHS tape that he shipped me 20 plus years ago, uh, you can go on Instagram and tack, or type in or tap on the hashtag Endless Summer 1998 altogether, of course. And there's a few posts. Um, you know, the, it's amazing to me to look at some of the, the trucks that were there with like Forever Low, a Sideshow, uh, the uh, Tuck Lugs, uh, the Isuzu from uh, the Space Cab that was on the cover. I think Courtney, uh, someone had told me Courtney had painted all of the, the background stuff that hung up the purple around it. That was in uh, Art of Noise, right? And you even had the Nissan uh extended cab with a topper that had the graphics like you had a lot of cover trucks but you know you think back to that 90s era oftentimes i say the golden era i mean you truck in a lot of good history and you just go wow man you know literally if you weren't walking around with a vhs on your shoulder you, you don't have the footage of it i mean you got some photos here and there but that was it yeah you know and and i do have a an eight uh eight millimeter tape that i actually let um Radar have it for, for, you know, he was looking for content for the follow-up on, on the DVD. And, you know, I told him, hey, I have all this. I'm going to send it to you. And I know he still got it. I know it's safe with him and whatnot. But he was going to copy it. And uh, I don't know if he was ever going to use any of it. But he has it. And it's like um, going to say maybe 10, 15 hours of just random stuff Dude. from... Going back from 90, I don't know, maybe 93, 94, all the way to about 98, maybe 99. And you said yeah, Radar I, has it, right, I think? Yeah, Radar has it. I remember you yeah, told and, me and, about that. Yeah, and and, and I um, and it was just random. It, it was this tape that I had with my uh, with my, my Sony camera, and wherever I would go, I would take it with me, and I would, you know, walk on the show, take you know, tr- pick, take video of the, the, the clubs that were there and whatnot or the stuff I found interesting. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I said, I know it's safe with him and stuff. And, and hopefully, you know, there comes a point in time where he does use it. Yeah, I know. He's hinted to me some things that he has, you know, planned that he wants to accomplish. And obviously with them now having Lone Star Throwdown, a classic truck throwdown, and then the Garage Gear Clothing, taking the lion's share of their time. But certainly... And that's the cool thing, and I, and I got to give a shout out. There's some guys, and I always credit them, that have reached out to me to say, "Hey, I'm going to send you some gold," and they just want to they just want to get it out there, right? And um, I, I was posting a lot of the old school stuff, and I kind of backed away a little bit, just you know, to kind of keep it mixed up. I don't want everyone to think, "Hey, that's all I post." But uh, to your point, it wasn't just even though I was joking earlier, it wasn't just a video camera on your shoulder you did start to have in the mid to late 90s the smaller camcorders, the DV tapes, and then before those you had the, the fatter, smaller VHS ones, you know, not the big full tape. Right, so. no, this was like, yeah, this was like a little Sony Sony cam 8mm. Yes. And I, like I said, I mean, we bought it just to, you know, have and take videos of, you know, family functions and whatnot, but, you know, I, I again, I would take that along with you know, either a throwaway camera or my 35 millimeter, you know, I would take it with me just to take, you know, random pictures, you know, um, it was, it was a lot more effort back then than it is today because I mean, you see something cool, you reach in your pocket and take your phone out and video or, or, you know, a picture 
No, but back then, man, you had to kind of had to be committed and wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point, man. But um, like I said, I'm glad things are going well. It's always fun to have a little bit of trip down memory lane where, you know, we, we dabble in it, but we don't go too far down the bunny trail where people are like, ah, I don't want to hear these old guys talk about this and that. I'm speaking for myself, by the way. But uh, the cool thing is, you know, we can tap into it, you know, every few episodes and, you know, Mickey Mike the Mayor, even though he's out gallivanting, he sometimes listens, I heard, Ruben. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, everything else good in your neck of the woods, though, all things considered? Yeah, everything's great. You know, weather here is starting to cool down a little bit, so uh, it's not as hot. It's not as warm. Uh, we're busy at the shop, you know, like always, and my life is good. This morning, I had to go downtown for some work, and I came down the elevator, and the door opened, and I was like, wow, like, where am I at? Because it was overcast downtown, and there was no humidity. And I was like, oh, my God, is the F word coming, right? Fall. And then all of a sudden, I look at my phone, and I was like, man, it's only going to be a high, only a high of 87 today. And, man, it was so awesome. Now, granted, it's not here to stay for long, <laughs> for long I'm right. sure, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, like today, I, I looked at my phone on the weather and stuff, and I think we had a high of 79 or 80, something like that. I mean, we, I don't think we were going to break 80. And usually weather like this doesn't happen until uh, about the first or second week in November, you know, right when we're coming back from SEMA. But who knows what the weather's like. I mean, how a few months or, what, a month ago we had a, we had a, a hurricane come through here. So, you know, just goes to show you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of SEMA, I will tell everyone that Randy's truck is 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 ready to rock and roll. Randy has shared that with everyone. It's going to be out there. There's going to be some more big news. And speaking of nostalgia, the last thing I'll say is, you know, we got a chance recently to share, thanks to other folks, the ballistic, you know, the orange version, which a lot of people never saw back in 93. And, you know, that truck, we've talked about the existence of it and, and what what happened with it. But it is so cool to see. And, and a tip of the cap, you know, I talked to Randy recently. And you know this, Ruben. I mean, he's just on this unbelievable run. You know, he had this preview in Custom Trucks Mag in Japan. Then he has the feature. There's no secret. Brandon Burrell has shot it. So, again, more coming on that. But, man, you know, to, to have another mini at uh, SEMA is going to be cool. And I, I just hope. I know I don't get a chance to talk to Pat very often, but you know I think Pat knows like wow, dude, what a legacy he's left, and it was so great to have him on. And I know you've helped us so often get guys on, including Pat. But the the legacy that he left that that has etched in our minds is just unreal, man. Yeah, it, and you know it's totally unreal because Randy Randy knocked it out of the park with that with that truck. I mean that truck is beautiful, and I can't wait to see it in Vegas. But um, yeah, Pat has definitely made a made an impression on the scene with that truck. And, you know, back then, I mean, you know, speaking for myself, I mean, I never, I never thought that any of the stuff we were going to do would last, you know, five years, let alone, you know, 30 plus. And, um, you know, it's just incredible. It, it, it's just way incredible. And, you know, this whole, this whole little journey that I've taken, I mean, it, it's been, you know, I'll say it, it's been my life. It's it's made me money. You know, it's what I do every day. And, you know, as a kid, you know, we weren't thinking that. We were just, you know, doing what we thought was cool and, you know, wanted something cool to cruise around with and, you know, go hang out with our friends and whatnot, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. It sounds like Adam the Woo, you know, he started on YouTube and didn't even know he could make money. And then now, you know, he's a bigger personality on there. And and it's so cool to see. But, dude, Ruben Artiaga, the booker, thanks so much for all the support, man. Uh, been in this game, this scene, if you will, a very long time. Always take a few minutes uh, to thank the guys that came before us, like the Rubens and so many others out there. But certainly appreciate it. Can't wait to hang out, and hopefully that will be soon. No worries, brother, and I hope to see you in Vegas. No doubt, brother. I'm trying to make it happen, and uh, it's going to be going down for real. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Uh, we ran this audio after Dan's, not to spoil anything in terms of some of the insight. And Ruben, uh, be safe, brother, and stay on the motherfucking rise. We out. <laughs>